You are listening to Ken Lavica live. Call the show now at 888-760-3776. Here's Ken and Coquel. The best thing about a long weekend is that it's a short week. It's our Monday, Tuesday here on Ken Lavica live featuring Coquel. Don't forget to subscribe to the Kenlevick Alive podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Numbers are good. They keep going up. We're rolling, Coquel. Hey, did you notice a best of the week podcast this weekend for your Memorial Day pleasure? The brand new addition to the Kenlevick Alive podcast. That's right. The, the, what are we calling it? Best of the week. Okay. We put a lot of thought into that. The best of the week. So it comes right to your phone right after we wrap up. And on Sundays, Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast. <laughs> Some Sundays. I've got to just do that <laughs> if I have a free minute. When Coquel is able to get away from his kids, we'll have a best of the week podcast. Uh, so this weekend, actually yesterday, so yesterday being Memorial Day Monday, obviously, there is a... Um, there is something in the the workout circles. It's really a, a, a CrossFit oh, thing. Oh boy, here it's, we go! It's called the, the Murph the Murph workout or the Murph right, Coquel. And what this is is it is a tribute to uh, a Navy SEAL who was killed in combat in two thousand five, and his favorite workout per the the story uh, was a combination of three hundred squats, uh, two hundred push ups. 100 pull-ups, and then a, uh, a a mile run on on either end in a 20-pound weight vest. And so I did a version of that yesterday, and I was proud of myself. And I knocked it out in about 56, 57 minutes, got it done. I put three and a half we miles in as it, opposed man. to the two. We get it, Listen, that's very nice to honor someone for that, but... Stop making it all about yourself. Well, all okay. of you, all of you CrossFit people, stop making it about you. It's not the Murph is not the Levicka. <laughs> I don't need to see Ken's nipples on my Instagram, right. but that on does, a Sunday morning, Monday morning, that does bring me to this. And I suppose this is more of a question for guys, um, but ladies, you can jump in on this as as well, of course. Or you can tweet us pictures, Avril Coach Ken. Is it? Um, <laughs> uh, it was that kind of weekend, huh? Is it? Um, and you can kill the music too. We don't need that. No, I wanted it. I'll, I'll produce the show. You talk. I do the music. Okay? Because you're boring me, and I need this to get me going. All right. So, anyways, so I posted a, a, a photo of me on Instagram uh, flexing, and it was a shirtless picture. Oh, and you were flexing? For whatever reason, for whatever, shut up, for whatever reason, here at ESPN West Palm, anytime I do something like that, and I, I, I don't mean to brag, but I am I am fit, and I I, I look good. I mean, Coquel, when you saw me at the uh, South Florida Fair a couple of weeks ago, and you saw me like wearing shorts and t-shirt, you didn't think it was me at first, because why? Because you were in good shape. Yep. We get it. I never should have told, told, told you this. Story. Okay, but let me get this straight. Look at me. Look at my eyes. See my eyes? Like I tell my kids, eyes, eyes, look at my eyes. Okay. You look better with your shirt on than you did with your shirt off. With your little patch of belly button hair and your two okay. nipple hair spots, okay? All right, that's I don't fine. need to see all that. All right. I don't need it on my Instagram But that's feed. you. So when is it? Is it ever appropriate? Because here at ESPN West Palm, anytime I put up, it's okay uh, to see like bikini shots and things like that. But as soon as yes. Ken puts up a shirtless picture after a strenuous workout and he's proud of himself, all of a sudden I know that people talk 
around here. I know they make comments around here. At least Coquel had the guts to actually like directly message me and make fun of me, okay? And if I knew how to make that public on Instagram, I'm not good at Instagram, I would have done it. <laughs> but I, I even checked your Twitter to see if I could quote tweet the picture, but it wasn't on your Twitter. You could have just like screenshot yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not, not going to. Okay, good. I and I appreciate it. I mean, there's a harassment rule. We have an it's HR true, program. True. Um, but I, I'm proud of what I did with that Murph workout, and I'm definitely no slouch when it comes to kind of being cut up and having muscle definition. I want to show that off. I, I want to be, I want people to know that I'm proud about that. Is it, when is it appropriate for guys to post shirtless pictures of themselves on social media? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Very sexist it, of you, by the way. When is it appropriate? But ladies can jump in on this, too, because I'm sure there's ladies who either A, like it, or don't like it. And they should be able to post pictures, too, if they want. Or tweet them at Real <laughs> Coach K. The, DMs well, are open. That speaks to the different, the double standard of, of social media. Because I, I would agree, but those also violate terms of social so media. So why, why do I have to look at your nipples? Why isn't that? Because that violated not, my terms I'm not something. saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right but uh when is it when is it appropriate is it appropriate for men to post shirtless pictures of themselves on social media like i did on instagram yesterday very proud of myself but it was met with i mean within minutes backlash from coquel yesterday how does your wife feel about your attempts at thirst traps fine She's fine with it. She, she, she's not mad she's about it. She's fine with it. No, no, no. She I mean she, I I belong to her. She's not worried about it. I mean these pictures though and, and it's not but just why you can, why can fighters do it why can athletes you're do it why can't fighter, i you're a radio why dope. can't i i also have muscle definition and uh, i've i in places can pull it off in Come places on, you have you muscle see, definition like, the, the bicep i've done a lot of work on the biceps you don't have hulk hogan's pythons let's just put it that way i'm also five six i mean i just i don't need to see it in my morning i'm trying to eat breakfast and there's your nipples in my face I don't need your nipples in my face. Then don't look at it. It's on my screen. It's on my phone. Then don't follow me on Instagram. I don't care. I have to for show reasons. For work. If anything, I feel harassed. And I'm also tired of all you CrossFit nitwits showing me your workout. If you want to work out to get in shape, great. Do it. I don't need to see it. And the fact that you guys took this fallen soldier's memory as an excuse to post thirst traps and show how hard you work. like You're disgusting. It was disgusting behavior. CrossFit (laughs) is disgusting. <laughs> All of you. What a broad they, brush! They just took—they took a fallen soldier just to show off. Like, look at me! I did the Murph in fifty-seven minutes. Rawr. Like you're just trying to brag, and you're using that excuse to try to send out thirst traps. No one but cares. What about if, no one's thirsty. What about if I was by the pool and took a shirtless photo and posted it to social media? It depends. Is that more appropriate for if you? Does that just, make you feel better? If you're in the pool playing with your kids and there happens to be a picture with your shirt off, great. But if you're tanning and in deep thought with your finger on your chin, like <laughs> I did not do that though. You basically you did. About? You might as well have. When is it appropriate for dudes to post pictures of them shirtless themselves? Because this was a selfie. This was me. This was me posting this to Instagram. All right, I do need to be. I do need to actually be upfront about something though, too, Coquel. So I said that's a picture of me posting it to my social media. It was a selfie. It wasn't truly a selfie because you want to know what i did i made my four-year-old daughter take the oh picture. <laughs> not even your wife she's gonna have nightmares about that daddy used to make me take topless shirts of him uh, like do i have to call protective services uh, but she i mean it was a great she did a great job i have she to did, say actually, she did but do a good job my four-year-old did take that uh, that picture now 
Saying that makes me feel a little uneasy it's about creepy. the entire it's thing. It's creepy. Um, but it, I, it was me posting a shirtless picture of me. That's the parameter for this. When is it appropriate for dudes to post pictures of themselves shirtless on social media? Guys, ladies, you can all weigh in. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Leo in Riviera Beach. Hey, Leo. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. Uh I'd have to say, Ken, that might be a new low with the four-year-old, but the more I say it, the, the less I feel good about it. We'll put it that way, okay? Like, in the moment, I'm like, this will be awesome, and now that I've actually talked about it, like, I feel kind of dirty about it. Well, at least at least you have a conscience. That, that, <laughs> we have established so. that, right, exactly. That's a positive thing. It, when, is, when is it appropriate for, for dudes to post pictures of themselves shirtless on social media, Leo? Like, what is the, the rule for this? Because I, I feel like I've put a lot of work in, and I'm fine putting it out there. Even if people around here at ESPN West Palm want to whisper, whisper, whisper in the in the background, and Coquel wants to act like he's, he's dry heaving during breakfast, what are the rules behind this, Leo? <laughs> Uh, I would just say, you know, it has to be in moderation. Like, you can't be posting daily thirst traps. You can't be just acting like it's nonchalant thirst trap where it's like, oh, I was just picking up this gallon of milk and my bicep was flexing, so now I'm going to post a picture. You can't do stuff like that. Leo, that brings me to this, because last year on my birthday, I went on a hike with my kids up in Orlando, and there was a picture of me, and I was wearing a uh, a tank top, and I'm holding my four-year-old daughter, and it's one of my favorite pictures ever, because it shows my arm like totally ripped up to a point where I posted it, not because it was a good scene with my daughter, but because my arm looked awesome in the picture. So I sort of see where you're coming from on that. I'm on Ken's. Yeah, Inst- I, hold on, Leo. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm on Ken's yeah. Instagram, and out of the first 15 pictures, five of them he's shirtless. <laughs> but it was in moderation. It's been in moderation. What is the time? The time I don't care. Of that? Why are you look at me? I'm on a kid slide. You're not trying to show your kid's birthday. You're just showing uh, off your nipples man. again, uh, Leo. And I you pre- have very weirdly little nipples. Hey, stop making us late, Leo. I appreciate the call. 888-760-3776. Social media rules for dudes posting pictures of themselves shirtless on social media. 888-760-3776. I can do a push-up with my daughter on his back. 776. Urgh. My next picture is going to be me shirtless posing by my Kia K5 GT. Now that that's one I'd like to see. <laughs> I got a Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. They put me in a car. They're going to put you in an automobile as well. Even if you have terrible credit, I hear so much. Ken, I can't get a car. You talk about Greenway Kia all the time, but how am I going to get an automobile? My credit's terrible. I got to drive my clunker. No, 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 no. If you have bad credit, the credit clinic at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach has your back. Local bank representatives are there on site to grant special approval to consumers who meet a certain minimum criteria. If you have a job bringing home three fifty dollars a week, the credit clinic at Greenway Kia, West Palm wants to approve you. It's that simple. And there's the 2021 Kia Forte, zero down payment, only $265 a month. I'm telling you they are going to go above and beyond to make sure they can put you in an automobile at greenway kia west palm beach and if you mention this ad it gets even better you receive a flat screen tv with your new kia purchase that's i told them guys they're going to take advantage of you they said it's okay so go to greenway kia west palm beach and take advantage of them and tell them i sent you and i told them and told you to take advantage of them greenway kia west palm beach.com greenway kia west palm beach.com damn it do i love my blue Greenway Kia 
K5GT. If you buy a Greenway Kia and, and tweet kind of picture at KLV1063, yeah. he will send you back shirtless pictures. Yes, exactly. Yes. Buy, if you get a car from Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, I will myself send you a shirtless picture of myself. Great call, Coquel. That's branding. When we come back, Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. He is our sports law insider, our sports agent insider. Has uh, Naomi Osaka open a Pandora's box with the media. And what do we do with these fans right Running on the court. That's next. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. It's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Here's Ken and Coquel. My life be like. This is an open call for any athlete that wants to start stomping on logos i say stop away stop away baby i'd love to see that become a common thing a typical celebration hey in major league baseball you hit a home run if a team has their logo behind the plate go start ripping up the grass that it's painted on in the nba you hit a big shot stop on that logo in the nfl pull a to run all the way to the star and spike it on the star do it And if you think that your logo, your team's logo, is a sacred piece of art, you're just a flat-out dope. We got in trouble when I was the head coach of Olympic Heights because we used to carry a flag with us to every game, and we'd plant the flag right in the middle of their logo. Yeah. And the principal of West Boca, or maybe not West Boca, probably shouldn't have called them out. Anyway, principal (laughs) of West Boca called our principal and told us we couldn't do it, so I had the kids run out and put it right next to it. And then, of course, we won the game on a last-second field goal, first time in school history beating West Boga. What does one of my knucklehead kids do? He grabbed the flag and planted that son of a gun right dab in the middle. See, it's awesome. If you're going to have a rivalry, have a rivalry. Celtics fans, what do you think Kyrie Irving owes you? Oh, but he played for us. He should appreciate. No, he's not on the Celtics anymore. He's, he called you out for being racist three days he ago. He stepped on a piece of wood, a little cartoon le- leprechaun. He's Lucky a, Charms guy. And I, I, who, whoever needs to hear this, please open your ears. Leprechauns, not real. Mm-hmm. He didn't feel anything. That's the beta. I've seen the movie The Leprechaun. They're real and they're scary. That movie holds up from a terror standpoint. Does it? Yeah, totally. Watch it. But Kyrie Irving did nothing wrong. In fact, I want to see more of that. That's good, and it certainly certainly did not deserve to have a full water bottle thrown at him, right? Yeah, you're you're the worst if you think that. And if you think that your logo is infallible and shouldn't be touched, you're just you're just kind of dopey. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel. I hope Trey Young tomorrow night stomps all over the Knicks logo. Ooh, that's like all over. That feels kind of over, right? That's yeah, it's serious? done. That's why I'm yeah. hoping maybe it'll start a fight and the Knicks have a shot to win. Well, tomorrow you can watch Trey Young eliminate the Knicks at Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach. Go check out one of their huge flat-screen TVs. Have some of their delicious in-house crafted beer. And make sure to check out their full menu. It's the newest craft brewery in Palm Beach County. It has taken over North Palm Beach, US 1, just a half mile south of PGA Boulevard. I was there last week. Delicious, delicious, delicious. Coquel swears by the coffee stout there that they make in-house. That's Stormhouse Brewing. 
Go check out the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. My Islanders. My Islanders overtime victory. Your Islanders. You're no longer a Panthers guy, apparently. That's uh, a rat. <laughs> uh, and by the way, congratulations to Josh, the owner over there. Uh, his beloved Chelsea winning the Champions League on Saturday. Stormhouse Brewing, again, just south of US 1, or south of PGA Boulevard on US 1 in North Palm Beach. A craft brewery with a full menu, Stormhouse Brewing. When is it appropriate to post shirtless photos of yourself on social media? I did it over the weekend. It was met with much consternation from Chris Coquel. Fox Sports' Adam Amin tweets, I'm in the best shape of my life, and it would likely take incredible circumstances for me to feel comfortable posting a shirtless photo. That's a mark against me. He's professional. Don Evans says, only at the beach. Voss749 tweets, family pictures at the beach, maybe. Stephen G. Smith tweets, as a dude, you post shirtless pictures of yourself as an infant, maybe. Psychopath at I mean, your own wake, you're a little okay. Yeah, you're a little bit of an infant, though. That kind of works out. I, I am five six and like one thirty seven right now. At last check, Harry minimum when you're built like Tim Tebow, bro. He is stacked. Ooh. Uh, Patrick Claiborne, whenever you want, post those photos. I agree, Patrick. Jensen Jennings tweets, documenting a weight loss journey or a family vacation. Ben Matten says, only on the solstices. Well, that's coming up, so good. Uh, and then uh, David Hale Who tweeted says a, that? I don't know. David Hale tweeted me a photo of a shirtless Steve Spurrier. So that's the reaction that we've gotten on Twitter. You just don't do it. As a man, you should not be doing it. As a female, at Real Coach K on Twitter. <laughs> you, DMs are open. You are so dangerous. All right, uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Well, I will be, Coquel. That still remains to be seen. <laughs> we'll do it tomorrow on a Wednesday. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick, and we've been live on ESPN 106.3. Farewell. Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Today, let's talk about overhyped. Today, let's talk about overrated. Let's talk about a Lakers team with all of those weapons now backs against the wall. Let's talk about a college coach turned NBA mastermind who is now stepping out of his role in Boston. Today is about the overhyped. Joe Rigotti, hit the open. On your mark. That's it. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. <laughs> LeBron is on the verge of his worst playoff showing ever, his earliest exit, and Brad Stevens, basketball wonderkind, is now no longer an NBA head coach. Overhyped. The whole thing, the hysteria, the, LeBron's in L.A., LeBron's in L.A., and you're going to have one bubble championship to show for it, and Brad Stevens, who never had an ill word said about him despite never winning anything, he's done. He's done. He's done. He's no longer a coach and didn't win a thing. Overhyped across the board, and that's how we get in to our Wednesday here on ESPN 106.3. Speaking of overhyped, Myself and Coquel, we know a thing or two about that. I am Ken Levicka. He is Coquel. He is wearing a wrestling championship belt on his head for reasons that I don't quite understand. We are coming to you from the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, Phillips Point Towers, downtown West Palm Beach, right off of the gorgeous Intracoastal. What are you doing? 
What? What? Why is that on your head? Because I am the champion, and my brain is where I hold all of my champion information. I guess the, is if this is what's going to happen uh, on on a. a, a Short week, coming off a three-day weekend, and you're already a complete disaster come uh, Wednesday. What is tomorrow going to look this like? Is what is Knicks Friday? rally cap. <laughs> That's your Knicks this rally cap? This is the cap? Knicks rally cap. Oh, by cap. the way. Because they're going to get Dame tonight before the game. They're going to get Dame Dollar. Stephen A. mentioned him to the Knicks, so that'll okay. probably happen at like maybe like one thirty when and we get off the air. Did I, did I read it correctly that R.J. Barrett uh, guaranteed victory tonight? You mean R.J. Namath? Yeah, he did. <laughs> Broadway RJ. Broadway RJ. Damn it, that was so much better. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, LeBron James, I, I mean, the Lakers get absolutely crapped on last night. I mean, the Suns completely obliterated them, and Phoenix is up three games to two in that Western Conference playoff series. And LeBron James walked off the floor, like legitimately, literally walked off the floor with five minutes left. Team with the Phoenix Suns is there goes LeBron walking off the floor with 5:40 to go. Naps get three. 5:30 to go. You heard Kevin Harlan on TNT last night. LeBron just, I'm out. See ya. I personally don't have much of a problem with that because after the game, he said, "Hey, I need to go get treatment, and we have a do or die." I buy it. I'm okay with it. Oh, stop. I'm the fine extra with ten it. minutes of treatment. That's what he needed to get. Like, come on! You got to get there before your teammates do. Like, yeah, because they'd be like, "Oh, sorry, Kendra uh, Pope is in the way." Whatever his name is, Caldwell Pope is in the way. Darius Caldwell Pope. Yeah, him. Uh, but I like, oh, KCP needs treatment. LeBron, get out of the tub. <laughs> I I crush LeBron for a lot of things. Mo Harkless is coming in. He uh, <laughs> he strained his calf not playing. I am not going to crush LeBron for one not wanting to watch that nonsense, uh, and also. For him having to get his body right, because don't forget, his ankle will never be the same. That was his words. That's fine, and I'm fine with his ankle not being the same, but why leave then? He has to know that this is going to be the reaction. The only excuse for this is to say, all right, I don't want the attention to be on how bad my teammates are. I want it to be on me, but I don't even think he was doing that. I literally think he was just pouting. But I think that there's a discussion, and it might have been pouting, and I get it, and that is his MO. but you can't. Not his M.O. You just can't do it in that situation. You stick it out. I don't mind him not shaking hands. I don't mind with 45 seconds left. Five minutes and 40 seconds left. LeBron, I defend you all the time. (laughs) You have me here with a belt on my head because I don't know what else to do with myself. But there's a legitimate discussion to be had, though, about the Lakers, right? Like LeBron James is on the verge of going into three seasons with the Lakers, and the only winning they did was done in the Orlando bubble last year. He didn't have to face the elements of a no, 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 no. What? You can't do that. You can't spend last week, Skip Bayless, talking about how the heat, uh, the bubble, it wasn't just a bubble. How dare you say there was just a bubble accomplishment and it was a fraud? And then say, LeBron, all you did was win in the no, bubble. Here's you the can't difference. play it both ways. You Here, cannot. Here's the difference. Here is the difference. LeBron, that old body, was able to rest up for a month and a half, two months before the Lakers had to get back down to business for a title run. That was a massive advantage. For the Heat, it was an underdog story of a guy who had been disposed or, of, said he couldn't win, or, couldn't be a number or one. Or he could rest up because he looked pretty old and tired, Jimmy Butler. 
So it's the same story. Same story. You can't have it one way for the Heat and then bash LeBron. What are you talking about with Jimmy Butler? I have no idea what you're talking my about. My headphones fell off of my belt. You are a complete disaster. You can't have it both ways. Jimmy Butler, look, he didn't look tired and old to you? Because he carried the damn team what do you think to LeBron's the Eastern Conference doing? Championship. What do you think LeBron does for his whole career? But that's what LeBron has been doing. That is, and, and trust me, LeBron will be the first person to tell you, ooh, I'm hurt, ooh, I'm banged up, ooh, that hurts, ooh, it's been a lot of minutes that I've yeah, logged. Because he plays a lot. He's, there was I no team. LeBron being sore is bad, but when he actually plays all his games, no one gives him credit for it. There was no it. team that got a greater advantage. Maybe he should sit out every other night like Jimmy Butler. There was no team that got a greater advantage. How many games did Jimmy Butler there miss with the Heat? There was no team that had a greater advantage in the bubble than the Lakers because of the age of their superstar and the fragility of their number two superstar, their big man, Anthony Davis. And so now we're at a spot where LeBron in year three is down three games to two to the Phoenix Suns in a game where the Lakers were down 30 plus points last night. LeBron's walking off the floor with five and a half minutes left to go and you can legitimately, I think, that now ask the question, the LeBron Lakers, are they overhyped? He won a championship last year. You're not really asking that. In you're the not. most? He won a champ. How can you be overhyped and you're the reigning champ? He's still the reigning champion. And he's in overhyped. The most conducive, in the most conducive environment for LeBron oh, oh, the bubble in his was career. So real. How dare you say that the heat bubble run doesn't count? How dare you? The heat's. If you can't see the difference, it was a legit organization. If you can't see the difference, I can't help you. Culture and the heat, there is no difference. You can't say the bubble helped one and then hold it against the other. Okay, can't. Good. The NBA favorite who got two months to rest with their aging superstar. Everyone got two months to rest. Everyone did. Okay, and it benefited again the aged superstar more than any other team. Like I don't see how. And then you you can turn around and say the difference, but, but you probably won't say how this shortened season, the no rest, didn't hurt the aged superstar this year. And maybe that's why they're playing the way they are. And then there's the Celtics. Oh, yeah, of course. Move on. Move on because I'm right. Go ahead. Move then on there's to the, the Celtics. Brad Stevens, and I'm going to declare it, is the single most overhyped head coach in NBA history. This is a guy who had two magical, deep NCAA tournament runs with Butler, was a surprise hire by the Celtics, and outside of Boston... I can't find one single complaint, one single criticism. It's been Brad Stevens, mastermind, Brad Stevens, genius, Brad Stevens, leader, year after year after year after year after year. Cocal, could you refresh my memory? How many how many Eastern Conference championships did um, did Brad Stevens win? I believe none. That's correct. He's never been to the finals. He's never won anything. No titles. No yes. titles. And now, word today that Danny Ainge is retiring as the president of basketball operations with the Boston Celtics. Speaking of overhyped, <laughs> Danny Ainge, he's up there too. Right, good job getting Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett and teaming up with Paul Pierce. And all of that led to a single title. Oh, yeah. And don't forget 40,000 draft picks. Does he take them with him? Like, where do the Celtics <laughs> yeah. keep can them? He, can he cash those in for actual cash? Yeah. How do the draft picks work now like with Danny? Is this like where he's going to get buried with the draft picks? <laughs> uh, they're going to be in his sarcophagus, in his basketball pyramid. Um, but uh, Brad Stevens now goes to the front office with ESPN. Adrian Wojnarowski reporting that Brad Stevens was burned out from coaching from the bubble. And now he's no longer a coach. 
just headed to the front office. Brad Stevens, how overhyped is he? Are the LeBron Lakers overhyped? Brad Stevens, is he the most overhyped coach that we've seen in sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Or tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. Coquel vehemently disagrees that I think the LeBron Lakers are overhyped. Like, I, I definitely think that they're overhyped. I think that return on investment, fine. They got their bubble championship. But when well, we look back the at the LeBron Lakers. When how, can you, how can you with a straight face? Do you have any like self-pride at all? Any self-pride at all that you could with a straight face rip it for being a bubble championship? Do you championship? have any listening comprehension a at week, all? A week ago, you talked about how great the Heat's bubble run. It was. How dare everyone take away from that run because it was in the bubble. But now it's just a, a bubble championship for the Lakers. Coquel. You, ha- you hear the hypocrisy, right? Coquel. He went out there to become a star. He went out there to be a visible presence, to be the face of the city and he of won Los them Angeles. A title. And the one time that he won a title, there was no way to celebrate. There was no way to have a parade. So that's there on was him. No you way. know what, LeBron? I'm how, not saying that's on him. How dare you let COVID happen, I'm LeBron. not saying that's on him, but the Lakers are not going to be able to ever maximize the LeBron experience because the one time they did win, it happened behind closed doors. That's not his fault, but that's how it ended up happening. So how in is his that a first failure year, on him? In his first year, they didn't make the postseason. In his second year, they're on the verge of getting bounced in the first round by 57 year old Chris Paul like that this is his third year I just said third no, you year. said a second year they were about to get bound they won a title and you skipped over the title in year two okay I misspoke you thank skipped you. over the title thank you Oms Budsman I appreciate that I don't that. know who that is but I'm sure he's a nice guy either way they're about to get bounced in the first round what I'm saying is that the LeBron Lakers I consider them overhyped they have not produced what they brought him there to <laughs> produce. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. The LeBron Lakers. Can we call them overhyped? And Brad Stevens, most overhyped, most overrated coach that we've seen in sports. Who's in his neighborhood? Who is even in his pantheon? Like Brad Stevens, again, someone that every time you watched an ESPN broadcast or ABC, uh, Brad Stevens, premier coach. Brad Stevens in Sports Illustrated was ranked ahead of Eric Spolstra two years ago as a head coach in the NBA. Are you insane? I mean, that is that that to me is sacrilegious. That is a travesty. And now Brad Stevens is just going to head to the front office. This is the same guy who, when the uh, coaching rumors came up at Duke, when Brad Stevens' name was mentioned, and at Indiana, he said, nope, I'm a proud masshole. I'm a proud Bostonian. I'm a proud New Englander. And now he's going to the front office. But he's staying in Boston. Now he doesn't want the pressure of the head coaching job The weird job part anymore. with him also is he doesn't have an agent because he doesn't like agents, and now he's going to be a GM and work strictly with agents. Yeah. So that's not going to work out well. Usually you go into that role, you get hired that role because you have great connections with the agents. He doesn't even have one. So I don't know how that's going to work out. I am stunned that got this... Draft picks. Well, he's got a lot of draft picks. Um, but the, the Celtics, I know they won the one championship with Pierce and Garnett and uh, and Ray Allen, but like, that's it. Like, doesn't that leave you wanting 
a bit more. There should have been more there. I think the problem with the Celtics is you age, again, go back to all those first-round draft picks, and everybody just waited every year. It's, oh, he's going to cash him in for yeah. Superstar X. And then oh, no, works. wait. He waited. He's going to cash him in for Superstar Y. And let's not make oh, a mistake. Like, uh, uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they're good. They're talented. But is that championship caliber there? But they so. they always had that the chips to go get the right. the superstar to make those guys even better, right. and they just didn't. They just didn't. They're just sitting there. I do like the fact that <laughs> those are going to go into Eric Ainge's like burial tomb in his uh, in his, his his GM pyramid. I absolutely love that. You break the seal of his temple, and there the draft picks just sitting, sitting right, right next there, to Danny Ainge's just, body. Just right there, they're sparkling in the dark with the dust surrounding them. Um, you know what? what but I think probably uh, precipitated this, too, is he fleeced the Nets. He sent Prokhorov all of those old dudes, and they got all of those draft picks, and then the Nets somehow survived that and have come back, and they're going to win an NBA championship. And there's the Celtics. It has to hurt a little yeah. bit. With Kyrie. With, yeah, exactly. With Kyrie. And the Celtics did absolutely nothing after getting rid of those guys and repopulating the roster. Like, nothing. You're right. With Kyrie, right. The Kyrie he was the one prized the possession insult. they got. And Kyrie stepped on the mascot, yeah. which obviously upsets everybody. <laughs> uh, Kyrie, keep doing that. Uh, the Lakers, the LeBron Lakers, are they overhyped? Also, Brad Stevens, is he the most overrated coach? Forget just in the NBA, but in sports, period. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us. At ESPN West Palm. Man, you, I, I know you love LeBron, but it, you, you understand what I'm saying, I right? Don't, like, I don't you at understand all. what I'm saying is that the Lakers, because the championship that they won with LeBron, it's going to end up being behind closed doors and they will not have been Who able cares? to maximize that. So you're going to tell me if the Heat won the title last year, you'd be talking about the title this way? And you'd be like, oh, they but got But also understand the, no, no, the difference no, no. in circumstances. Well, why is it different? The Heat culture is the greatest thing in the history of the universe. It is. I mean, it's it's the best in the NBA. Is it? It's, is yeah, it? it absolutely I would take is. the Bucks culture right now. A, you had a team that was a five seed in the East come together and outmaneuver every other team to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Meanwhile, in the West... It's LeBron. The team the that Lakers has LeBron, are an eight seed, and you're ripping them. The team that has LeBron. Typically, I get it. You were on home team, so hypocrisy runs deep in you. Like, come on, man. You got to call it the same for both teams. The team. I don't rip other shows here on ESPN. I do. Three, first of all, uh, the team that has the LeBron boardroom tonight. Oh, listen team, to that guy. The team that has LeBron typically in the last eleven years has been the team that has gone from that conference to the NBA Finals, and so last year when. Old man LeBron had two months to get his body right. It's no surprise. It's no great grand story that he was able to get his team into the finals and take on the heat. Are the LeBron Lakers overhyped? Brad Stevens, most overhyped coach in sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Jim is in Stewart. Jim, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Jim? Hey, guys. Uh, so I definitely agree that Brad Stevens is overhyped. I'm going to give you two other names, too. Uh, cool. Coach from the past in the NFL, Jeff Fisher. Yeah, and how about, yeah right, and everybody wanted him and you know didn't do much. And then I'm going to say modern day, let's go the 10-year, $100 million man in John Gruden. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm the kid to get too many coaches worth $100 million. I think that is, he might be, I mean, he has a championship, but that was a long time ago. And uh, I think there is, he might be the NFL equivalent 
of Brad Stevens still still active in the NFL. That's a great he one, He might too. be even worse because people have dolls with his face on it and stuff like that because of the whole Chucky thing. I'm telling you, like his personality, I think his personality has far outweighed his actual coaching acumen. The best coaching I've ever seen him do was when he did those quarterback things. <laughs> he, I, I yeah, love the The Gruden best coaching he did camp. was on SportsCenter. You're right. Like, those, and it was great. Those were all, I looked forward to him. They tried to redo him this year with, um, what's his face? They were awful. I fell asleep at every single one. Who? Herb Street maybe did it. I'm trying to think who did it. I'll look it up. I think you would remember Herb Street. No, I'm pretty sure it was him, and I fell asleep every single episode. And I I am like draft dork, and I was like, oh, they're doing quarterback breakdowns? And I was like, holy snooze. Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football. I mean, ESPN program's great. Check it out. Monday Night Football absolutely rehabilitated John Gruden's image as a coach uh, he inherited a really 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 good tampa bay team and then they fell on some hard times he had a late push late in his time with the bucks uh and then took the hiatus did tv we fell in love with him loved his personality loved his <laughs> you know all that weird the, the weird Spider man exactly we love that stuff and then the raiders just fell in that trap and that's exactly what happened with gruden that is a great one and jeff fisher i mean was he ever overrated though i <laughs> I just kept getting mentioned for Jim. I get what Jim was saying, Jim Stewart, but like, I don't know if he was ever overrated or is always like, why is his name always coming so, up for things? I remember when he was a prime candidate for and it was the Dolphins. Street, by the way, was it Herb Street? Yeah, it was. And all, you thought it was boring. It wasn't oh, good. Oh my snooze fest! Wow, like bad. And I love that stuff. Um, after Tony Sperano was fired, Jeff Fisher was a main target of the Dolphins before they ended up hiring Joe Philbin. And uh, I remember thinking, oh, that would be great. That, I think that's a good hire, but it's me getting just caught up in the name. Like you just get caught up in the yeah, name. Yeah, and they had eight and eight Tannehill to take care of business anyway, so they got to their eight and eight anyway. <laughs> eight and eight Tannehill. That's yeah. your nickname for him. It was real for original. A, it was a, for a long time. Like that's what I would call them a lot. Lakers, the LeBron Lakers. Are they overhyped? Are they overhyped based on the fact that year three for LeBron? And yes, I know they had a bubble championship last year, but backs are against the wall. Are the LeBron Lakers overhyped? And who are the most overhyped coaches? Brad Stevens. I mean, he's elite level overhyped. Oh, look at Brad. Look at the boyish young Brad Stevens. Say, do you think it's the boyish good I look? think it's absolutely the, the image Wonder for Boy. sure. And he didn't win a damn thing. Like, not even close. Is Brad Stevens the most overhyped coach? Who's in that pantheon? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's go to Delray. Damon, talk to me. What's up, my buddy? How you doing, man? I'm good, brother. How are you? you do- I'm I'm happy for you, man, with the show and everything. Appreciate you. Hey, um, this yeah, you you guys Warren Sapp. Um, they were they, you guys were talking about Gruden. I saw Warren Sapp, which I try and watch him whenever I can. I love the guy, but he they were interviewing him about you know, and he was said that Tony Dungy was like the genius and yeah. putting that team together and getting them almost there, and that grit and personality of Gruden was just enough to like get them to the promised land in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. But, and yeah, you're it. right. Over, yeah, overall, he's he's very overrated, man. Now, like you said, on that quarterback coaching and those things on ESPN, extremely impressive, yeah. you know? Yeah. Extremely impressive. And I just wonder. Now, just a shout. A shout one well, thing, ahead, buddy. Dude. One last thing. A shout-out to our coach, the Dolphins, a lifelong Dolphin fan, born and raised down here. I think our coach is the most underrated guy in the NFL. He inherited, I won't use that word, but a, a disaster. <laughs> yeah. And and I don't know who's making those front office moves, 
But I'm telling you, um, I, I think he deserves a lot more credit than he's getting. And African-American coach as well, you know, showing, you know, that, you know, if you look, you can you can find some great talent, you yeah, know? Absolutely. And uh, that's Brian Flores. Now, uh, I feel like the overrated tough tough coaching decision by playing rag arm over Patrick. <laughs> Would you stop already? Would you stop? Now, Brian Flores, I do think now after two years, and yes, what he did in year one with the Dolphins was uh, absolutely mind-blowing. But now, it's sort of, hey, we got we to gotta do something. We got to make that leap now. But if he wins the Super Bowl now. this year and it's in a bubble, it doesn't count, right? Well, it's not going to be in a but bubble. But if it is, if just, for some no. reason a bubble comes over the Super Bowl, it doesn't count for Ken. I'm not shocked that the ability to have nuance has completely escaped you, Coquel. <laughs> it's, it's so hypocritical. Kelevic Alive featuring Coquel here on ESPN 106.3. And we are presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. 21 years at the helm, Dr. Jim Reardon. That is my guy. He understands nuance, and I appreciate him. And he is going to pass on his nuance takes about the sports business world and help you get a job in the sports industry. It's what he has done for 21 years. No slowing down now. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, they have sent their students into professional sports, into big-time college sports, into local sports, local sports commissions. Uh, this is how you get into the sports industry, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Sign up for fall semester classes either on campus in Boca or remotely. That's fau.edu slash MBA sport, fau.edu slash MBA sport. I feel sorry for one man Me? in sports. Well, no, I feel sorry for myself when it comes to you. Is Bud Omsman joining us next? Oms Budsman. <laughs> Look it up in the break. Uh, I feel sorry for one person in sports more than any other. And he went off last night and still took an L. He's Coquel, regrettably. I'm Ken Levick, and I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine Studios. Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. Call 1-800-747-FREE on the... From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Now back to Ken and Coquel. Your lunchtime experience. And last night, I just, I feel sorry for this guy. What more can Damian Lillard do? Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel here on ESPN 106.3. Joe Rigotti uh, making sure that things run smoothly as he does. Always in here with us on Wednesday, and we appreciate him. We appreciate you subscribing to the Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, subscribe to it. Comes right to your phone. It couldn't be any easier. In 2021, we're looking out for you, the fan. If you can't catch us live, you can catch us after the fact, or you can catch us in bits and pieces which i would recommend because i'm not sure that we're <laughs> we're we're good in a full a, a full sitting okay just trust me uh, we might not be a one sitting type of show ken levick alive featuring coquel wherever you get your favorite podcast talking over hyped coaches brad stevens he's one of them oh boy is he one of them and he's no longer coaching he's headed to the front office of the celtics after winning absolutely nothing but garnering praise every single year he was on the celtic sideline because he's baby-faced and fresh-faced and that feel-good story out of butler well he's done now what an overhyped coach he ended up being who's in his neighborhood overhyped 
Who is an overhyped coach like Brad Stevens, past or present? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, or tweeted the show at ESPN West Palm. Let's go to Nick, and Nick is in Juno Beach. Nick, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Nick? Hi. So before I go into the Lakers, I'm going to nominate Jason Garrett. Being overhyped. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, now, the thing with Jason Garrett is he did live a lot of his coaching life under siege, and he had that that, that lifeboat, uh, the the Botoxed Jerry Jones, who was able to keep him afloat, largely because Jerry Jones' face, I think, probably does float. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. But, um, yeah, Jason Garrett, I, I think... I think he probably overstayed his welcome in Dallas more so than being overrated or overhyped, but I think you can make the case. Now, in retrospect, Jason Garrett was absolutely overhyped when he was the offensive coordinator of the Cowboys and then was elevated to that role. So, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely give you that. Jason Garrett was only two and three in the playoffs. Can that be right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. I feel like he was coaching way too long to only be two and three. That's terrible. Yeah, he he didn't. He really did not make the postseason. He is overhyped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now he's a now he's a punchline. Sorry, Nick. Uh, so uh, on the Lakers, I didn't mean to take away from your thought. I apologize. No, you're fine. So um, you're talking about LeBron specifically, but if you look at the whole team last year in the bubble, they they beat Damian Lillard, they beat Jason Harden, or James Harden, and then they beat Jokic and Murray to get to the finals. Like that was a great defensive team. They didn't win because LeBron was, like, rested or whatever. That team was absolutely great defensively. Just like the Heat, I think, in the bubble, mm-hmm. they made it to the finals because they were defensively really, really, really good. So my so, my uh, my affinity to, uh, to sort of knock LeBron, you think that's coming out here, where I think that the, the LeBron Lakers are a bit overhyped compared to what we thought they were going to be. Right, but I think they're not overhyped just because they're such a great defensive team, which is why they won. Also, this year, until both him and AD got hurt, they were the best defensive team in the NBA. It is, look at the numbers. It is increasingly clear, though, that LeBron, those, those Cavs teams, and I know that Kyrie was there, but LeBron can no longer be the guy dragging his team to a championship. It's not going to happen anymore. He's 30 whatever years old. Okay, he can't but, carry bums anymore, and you're going to knock him for that? Name a player. Who is carrying bums to the finals? But I'm, I'm, Who's carrying bums? Name pr- one player prime, in the league. Prime LeBron was able to do is it with those Cavs teams. the only player ever. I'm not that. saying that it's not, but I'm saying those days Brian are done LeBron now. LeBron is the only Jordan never did that. I'm saying those days are done. I'm oh, saying the, I'm oh not no, saying so. He's so what? Those days are done. He, he's the only player in the history of the NBA to carry bums like that. Nick, appreciate the call. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I don't know why you're getting so worked up. I'm acknowledging that that is the but case. You're, you're you're posing. But I'm saying those days are done. Ex girlfriend Heat fan, and you was posing it as if that's a slight. No, what I'm saying is that LeBron taking over Tinseltown, heading to L.A. And what a championship in year two! If he leaves, but after winning a championship 
where no one was able to celebrate it, where they weren't able to maximize him. I celebrated all over my living room, Kenny boy. Okay, leave the celebrations happen. Leave the sports business discussions to me. The ramifications of him not able to have a parade and the Lakers not able to maximize that for the boardroom presented by the Honda Classic tonight. Okay, because I'm able to expand my horizons and actually talk with nuance about things outside of meatball sports. I don't care if the Lakers made more money. The Marlins make money because they don't spend any. Should I be celebrating them? Like, what do you who cares if the Lakers made money and they maximized their pro- the Knicks? Then the Knicks. You know what? You're right. The Knicks fans should be flooding the streets because the Knicks are worth more every single year. Every single year, their value goes up. So Knicks fans celebrate because according to Ken, that's what matters. Not winning a title, just no, your value. I, I didn't and, and being say able that. To maximize profit. <sighs> You are oh, such a nerd. You are giving me a headache, man. You are just all over the place. Like you are. You're trying to find reasons to hate on LeBron, and you've gone to it was in the bubble, and nobody got to have a party, and then oh, they didn't get to maximize their profit. Yeah. Like how yeah. is that? A, how is that a rip on a, it being overhyped? They won a title in year okay. two. Okay. They're not even eliminated yet, and Anthony Davis got hurt. If Anthony yeah. if Anthony Davis was healthy last night, that game might not have went that way. Uh, he would have made up for 30 points. Yeah, you don't think they would have played much better? You think they would have fell down 30 if Anthony Davis was No, you're right. LeBron looks like the same guy. 888-760-3776-888-760-3776. I mean, they're eliminated from the playoffs. Give give Jimmy Butler that four-year extension. Great move. Culture. I mean, they're they're going to give it to him. It's going to work out awesome. That $50 in year four is really going to pay off. I'm not real sure why this is turning into a Jimmy Butler thing. Like I've never. Why are you comparing Jimmy Butler? Because you just praised the Heat bubble all week last week. I had to listen to. Oh, or actually earlier this week. Oh, don't get mad at the Heat that they got eliminated. That doesn't take away from the bubble. If you can't understand the nuance of why an aging LeBron with clear injury issues coming off a season where him being injured was the major storyline of the Lakers, him having two months to get himself right before the playoff run, why that wasn't more important to him and them than any other team that I don't know how to help you. I don't know how to help you. You're you're moving the goalposts every single time. I literally said the same damn thing 20 minutes ago. Open your ears, you psychotic moron. You said the bubble was the reason that they won. That's what you said. And you, you, and the, the championship doesn't count because the no. Lakers didn't make money and people didn't get to put on party hats. That's what you went no, into. You are, you, one, you are not even listening to me, and then you're just, you're just adding words and adding things that I said. You're making things up. I'm not. You didn't just say that they didn't get to maximize the profits and the fans didn't get to celebrate... So it doesn't That's count? the first accurate thing that you have. Uh, That's what I just said again. It said I said party hats and making money. It's the same thing. That's the f- I didn't use your nerdy word. That's actually the first thing that you have attributed to me correctly. Good. Good journalism. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at the show at ESPN West Palm. I think the Lakers, uh, the LeBron Lakers are a bit overhyped and maybe it's not necessarily LeBron's fault but you're in year three now and you're about to get bounced out of the playoffs in year one let's go to Pompano Mark's in Pompano you're on Ken LeVick alive what's up Mark how you guys doing good man I'm good living for this I'm living <laughs> for this conversation right now it's fueling my morning <laughs> but, uh, we're here for you so uh, I'm a diehard Cavaliers fan there's not many out there so I was a fan way before Kyrie got there and I love LeBron, you know, I'm not a follower, but he's definitely decreased, but he's one of those players I would never count out. Yeah, I agree. But personally, Schroeder has not performed very well in the playoffs. I am not very big in putting my trust in Kyle Kuzma. I just don't think 
I do think they are slightly overhyped, but like I said, I would never count out LeBron. But that is the not. tough thing, and it has crossed my mind that <laughs> I may, like, a week and a half from now, have to come back on this show and say, uh, I jumped the gun. But I can't deny that the Lakers getting bombed out by 30 last night and LeBron walking off the floor with five and a half minutes left to go. That feels significant. Yeah, I was shocked. Very shocked. Yeah, and appreciate the call, Mark. Thank you. 888-760-3776. They're a worse team, but he's still, like, I, he doesn't take away from the title last year. You can't minimize no, them winning he, the, title. the title. They rightfully no, you, won the title. You minimized. You said him being there was overhyped. You basically took away that title. No, it's the it's the most conducive uh, playoff situation every he's ever te- had. Every team got to rest okay. during that time. Okay. And it was more important to some teams than others. Like that, I don't think like that's a heat. difficult concept to understand. Like the Heat. Why? Why was the bubble? Because one, their guys clearly can't shoot with fans there. And two, Jimmy that Butler, you saw, you saw it. They were. They were nothing. You're they, right. You're right. Shooting percentage. Let's look at Tyler Hero's shooting percentage from last year to this year. The bubble had nothing to do with it. Look at his shooting Get percentage in the regular season Get when there were fans. Here. Like, what are you talking about? There weren't full hey. fans. They just added fans the last month. In the 2019-2020 season, which was the pandemic year that resulted in the bubble, dopey. Dopey, look at the last month. Go ahead, look up the shooting percent. In the break, look up the shooting Uh, percentage. Him in the the playoffs last year to this year. Look it up. Coquel, there was a regular season. There was a regular season that was was played with fans. He was better in the bubble. Okay, okay. He wasn't? Duncan Robinson wasn't better in the bubble? Okay. Jimmy Butler didn't have legs last year because he didn't look like he had legs when Giannis was drubbing him up and down the floor. And uh, the Bucks got a significantly greater break in the offseason than the Heat did because the Heat actually won oh, and took oh, care of business. Right. Oh, the Heat won. They didn't get a break, so that's an excuse for the Heat. But the Lakers got that long break, right? Oh, no, 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 if you're only, put, Your no, no, reasons no. only apply for the Heat, not the Lakers. Because the Lakers had to do with the same thing. In fact, theirs is probably longer because they had to party afterwards because they did celebrate a title. Your head is made of spam. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You know what? It depends on the recipe. I've had a fried Spam sandwich, and I think that's probably the only way to go with Spam. Because it looks gross, and it's got like the little, like, what are the things they put on top of Spam to make it look like it's a real meat? Like the little, you know, like the <laughs> yeah, little green yeah. wooden things? Yeah, yeah. I know. It, and sometimes there's like pineapple involved. In Hawaii, Spam is actually uh, a base food at restaurants. Is that because they have to like ship everything there? And yeah, it's because good. of the military. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, but give it a shot. I, I wouldn't steer you wrong. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Is spam good? You can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. Do you like spam? 888-760-3776. Uh, you know what? What is not good is eating spam in a humid home or apartment. A gross, hot humid apartment you You need to do it with temperature control and if your ac has failed you well i have a solution for you and that is eds air conditioning eds air conditioning uh it's family owned and operated it is 15 years serving palm beach county since 2006 they have been making sure that they take care of you in the south florida heat ac and plumbing services residential and commercial and appointment windows that work around you not eds saying oh we'll come out this time they ask you 
what time would you like us to come out? And that goes a long way because I'm sick of being held hostage by air conditioning companies. When it's an emergency and my house is hot, that's where EDS comes in. EDS air conditioning, uniform technicians, and a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. Call EDS air conditioning at 561 561- 316-8799. That's 561-316-8799. Or go to edsairconditioning.com. edsairconditioning.com. It's EDS. That's a yes to EDS. The guy I feel sorry for. I promise we're going to get to it. Coquel feels sorry for LeBron, clearly. I feel sorry for the man up in the Pacific Northwest who can't stop doing awesome things and keeps losing. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Here's a message from Ken Levicka. We are the New York Knicks. 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 Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, go. Say go New York, go New York, go. Go New York. Rest in peace. Joe Rigotti hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. The celebration shutting down 7th Avenue. Taj Gibson crying after the win in Game 2. Spitting at Trey Young. Madison Square Garden, it's so loud. And you get punked over and over again, and you're done in five. Well, the NBA is better without the Knicks, but the NBA feels right when the Knicks are irrelevant and losing, which is exactly what happened. Ken LeVick alive featuring Coquel here on a Thursday on ESPN 106.3. Coming to you from the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, Phillips Point Towers, downtown West Palm Beach, right off the Intracoastal. Coquel. And how many games? <laughs> how many? Five. 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 Great. And then, hold on. Hold on. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> How many playoff games did he play? Uh, huh? One, not one, not two, not three, not four. Definitely not five. Oh, wait, no, it was four. He <laughs> got swept. But Heat fans, Heat fans love to tweet about the Knicks when the Heat got swept. Your Eastern Conference champions, your culture, a culture of brooms. That's all it is. I'm going to let Coquel Swip I'm gonna let himself. I'm gonna let himself talk his way through this crisis right it's now. It's not a crisis. I'm fine. It's Heat fans like you tweeting that the Knicks were so disappointing. Not like my Eastern Conference Finals champions. The Knicks are not done. like my team that were gonna come back and win it this year. Now that Jimmy Butler has a full the season Knicks are with done. Us. The Knicks are done after all Tyler the Tyler Hero in year two. After, He's gonna be great this year. After just you wait. After all the fawning and all the, oh, New York, oh, the yeah. Knicks, oh, this Great is amazing, atmosphere. oh, MSG sounds different. Oh, my God, it's there's a different fans war. in the seats at the oh, start of the game. Maybe oh. it's louder because they're on time. After New York fans, prideful New York fans, or at least who say they have pride, 
who who celebrate like they won a championship, standing on cars, climbing the light poles after their first playoff win in eight years. Yeah, whoa, 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 eight whoa. You years. You said it right there. Their first playoff win uh, in eight years. So they were excited. It's so pathetic. The Easter it's Cup. It's so pathetic. You were expecting to win a title. You thought you it were, is so pathetic. Knicks fans thought that they had an outside shot at the eight seed. All right, let's just they do this. They overachieved and got the four seed. Heat fans, Heat fans thought they were going to repeat, right. get back to the finals and beat LeBron. Before this year. you, before you stroke out, before you stroke out, stroke first. No, because I, I don't want to clean that up. Before you stroke out, let's go ahead and just open it up right now. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. The Heat playoff run significantly less disappointing than the Knicks. How? How? The how? Knicks result is so much more disappointing than the Heat. How would you assess the Knicks in the postseason? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. It's going to be one of those days. Fine. In the first four minutes, let's open it up. How would you assess the Knicks in the no, postseason? No, 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 no. Because let's me, do this. Let's it's, go more, back to your no, it's no, more disappointing no. than the Heat. 888-760-3776. Who's, who's was more disappointing is the question. Don't change it. Don't frame it your way. Seven six. Listen to him. The coward. 888-76. What's our number? 888-760-3776. The coward changing the question to... Was the Knicks season? No, you said the Knicks season was more disappointing. And no, 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 no. I, I, the Heat were a better, a bigger letdown. The Heat were a bigger disappointment. There is a a expectations severe, matter. There is a severe, severe lack of self awareness by Heat fans by a fan base that thinks that it's going to come at in any way, shape, or form. A team that has won three championships in the last 15 years. A team that last season won the Eastern Conference. here you are. And a, and a fan base that celebrated one singular playoff win in eight years. A team that has been largely irrelevant since the year 2000. But here you are with your Twitter fingers. All of you heat culture. Hashtag heat Twitter. Tweeting about the Knicks. Because you know that you have city envy. Uh, hold on, city envy. You're it's boy, obvious. No city envy. City envy has nothing to do with it. We're sick of hearing about how great New York is and how it's the standard and how well, everything is better you when New so York too. is involved. You're because talking to about me. Him. You're talking about him. You're constantly on Twitter worried about him. So clearly, it is better. It catches your eye. No, it catches. You're trying to tell me that they're a bigger disappointment than a Eastern Conference champion that brought everybody back for a big run when and it, then got. Sweet bitty doo dah. Okay, and and uh, you, there is absolutely no way, no way, and it's such a complete, almost pathetic lack of self awareness for a Knicks fan to come at a Heat fan in any way, shape, or form. You know, you oh, know no, what? No, 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 no. no, no responding you, hey, isn't coming at you. Responding hey. is not coming at you. It's uh, not. No. I'm responding to All Heat right. fans. Coquel, before you stroke out again. Like, t- get, your, get your inhaler. Get your inhaler. I don't need, I don't need an inhaler. Because you're heaving right now. I don't know. I'm completely fine. When I, just, you I have... can't stand when blowhards get on the radio mm. and say dumb things. Okay. I'm going to stand up to it. Okay. You're exhausting already. Um, the Knicks fan who celebrates one playoff win in eight years, that is the true definition of a poverty franchise right there. Yes. It is so sad. Yes. It is so pathetic. And if you're a Nick fan who's going to say, oh, well, you got swept, you know how pathetic that is? No, but- that you're holding one playoff win in eight years over a, a, a team that was in the NBA Finals do you a couple any, of months ago. Do you ago? have any self-awareness? It is so pathetic. Do you have any self-awareness York, at all? New York Nick fans are so sad. You Be- guys are such a sad bunch. Because we're responding to Heat fans. The Nick fans aren't going after the Heat fans. 
It's Heat fans who got all excited and did whatever they did Twitter after dark about the Knicks losing. Like the, the things that were going on were disturbing. Oh, no, you're I'm right. worried about keyboards across. No, you're the top right. Florida. New York fans, you're right. New York fans aren't completely in your face and completely over the top and completely because they're uh, excited because they're a terrible franchise. That's why it's not a disappointment because the Knicks franchise is significantly worse. You're insulting our as a station Miami Heat by even saying that this season wasn't a bigger disappointment than it was for the Knicks. When you are a franchise that spent all season saying, we're back, we here. All season, Ken. Julius Randle, MVP, where was he? Did he actually Did he actually show he up the in the M- postseason? He was the MIP. Uh, MIP, most okay. approved player. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, then you have all of these talking heads nationally. Madison Square Garden, it's so loud. So There's a diff- jealous. I mean, there was legit on this station someone who said that the roar sounds different at Madison Square Garden. That is the most romanticizing bull bleep that I have heard come out of sports talk radio, maybe in the history of the medium. And then you've got Taj Gibson and crying about the journey and, oh, this means so much. After one playoff win, after you lost game one and you come back for game two, you shut down 7th Avenue and start jumping on cars after you win one playoff game. Then you proceed to get dumped on, crapped on, wildly outplayed. The remaining three games, that's disappointment. That's poverty franchise right there. The Knicks The Knicks playoff, are a worse franchise. Knicks, you can't the, move the goalposts, the, Ken. Let me ask the damn question. You're moving the goalposts. Ask one question because you're starting with who is a bigger disappointment and then you're going into are the Knicks a worse franchise yes the Knicks are a worse franchise that's not debatable the fact that Heat fans got off on the fact that the Knicks lost is what's embarrassing that's the embarrassing part that you think it's more disappointing for the Knicks to lose than your Eastern Conference champions to lose that's what's embarrassing no 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 no. what what's embarrassing is being a complete not even blip on the radar Yes, then, they're, they're a loser franchise. Yeah, they're no a one is saying that. No, That's why when you, when you spend when it, all of the talk and all of the, we're here now at all, Madison Square Garden, we're back. This is outstanding. Let's go. New York's the center of the NBA universe. New York, that's the standard. That's where everything happens. And then you take a dump, and Trey Young, a guy making his playoff debut, punks you at the place that's supposed to have the different roar and the greatest arena in the world, and he punks you over and over again to a point where you have your fans spitting at him. That is disappointment. The Knicks playoff ouster was more disappointing than the Heat. The Knicks playoff ouster was more disappointing than the Heat. The Knicks. You're was that more disappointing than the Heat? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Or tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. 888-760-3776. And you have a Heat team that, yes, it is disappointment because the standard is championship. Was it a bad year? Absolutely. You could see the cracks forming. The foundation was not there like it was last year, and especially the way they ended the season. I acknowledge that, and it was disappointing. But this hype up of the Knicks and this hype up of the NBA is better when the Knicks are winning. The and culture, then you fall flat on your culture. face. And then you fall flat on your face Eastern and you fall Conference off a cliff champs. and you let Trey Young come in and punk you in the loudest arena in the world. That is sad. And then no, you're you going to hang you one know, play you know what's sad, Ken? You know what's sad is Giannis coming into an empty arena for two quarters, getting a 30-point lead, and no one cares about the rest of the game. Because that's what happens in the AAA. When they came in and swept and dominated your Eastern okay. Conference Championship, your bubble culture. Okay. Now we have a real season. And We're going to show you what Heat basketball is all about. Eastern Conference Champs. We're going to repeat. 
We're going to get over the mountaintop. And the Heat got lost to a team. And the, the Heat got swept by a team that has a significantly better chance at hoisting a trophy and winning a championship than Trey Young and the Hawks. They're not championship caliber. Stop it. Stop it. There's one team in the East that's championship caliber, and that's the Nets. Uh, no, the Bucs are championship caliber as well. They are. They are. The Sixers without <laughs> a, a week, are not a, any longer. A week and a half ago, you thought the Heat were going to beat the, the Bucs. And I'm you, like you. You were confident. You were confident about. And I'm about, like you. You were confident about oh your Eastern God. Conference Coquel, champions. Coquel, you can go on at 1 o'clock and do your own show. No, I can just do it here. Go ahead. Because I, I make the lineup. So I can do go it ahead. here. Go ahead. I will. I will go on doing my go own ahead. show. Go ahead. What do you think? This is the first time I've ever spoken to a microphone? Go ahead. Oh, baby Heat fan going to pout in the corner now? Go ahead. Come on, Heat fan. Come on. You're Eastern Conference champions. Coquel. You were the Eastern Conference champions. Okay. And that is significantly more than the Heat have uh, than the Knicks have done in eighteen years. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. You're I haven't changed the anything. Po- yes, you are. It's, it's, is it a disappointment or are they a bad franchise? What are we talking about? Because the Knicks are a worse. The Knicks are one of the worst franchises in sports. Okay. The Knicks have the worst owner in sports. Okay. And when you get, that's why it's not disappointing for them to lose in the first round. That's why it's exciting for them to get and to the playoffs. And when you get force-fed this New York Big Apple garbage it's not, is it force about fed? the NBA. Yes, it absolutely or is. Or is it real? Because it seems to show up everywhere, so it clearly happens. No, because when you spend months hearing how the NBA is better when the Knicks are good, that's garbage. That's crap. There's no tangible evidence for that other than self-centered New York fans want to actually believe that. Or and that is why when the Knicks get punked at home so over and Knicks, over again by Trey Young, run, run ESPN in Bristol. It's Knicks fans running it. No, because there's a, this romanticism of New York that doesn't exist. Or, or, it, it, or it, it does, does not exist. but you're from a second-rate city of Chicago and you're jealous. And now you're down here and you're even more jealous because New Yorkers are down here and you have an issue with it. Your city envy is showing, and it's not a good look. No, because it is uh, misplaced uh, self-importance. It's it, the, the Knicks are are nothing. And Clearly when you're going to try and force on me the Knicks and how things are better when the Knicks are good and then they face plant, then yeah, that is a significantly greater disappointment than a rational Heat fan that knew the cracks were there. And unfortunately, after Game 3, you knew that the Bucks were significantly better. And the Bucks have a way better chance at winning a championship than the Hawks do. They have a legitimate chance of winning a championship. The Knicks are so insignificant that Ken has tweeted nine times about them in the last 24 hours. Mm-hmm. It's because the Knicks nine, fan... Nine times in 24 hours. It's because the Knicks fan is so self-important that that's all that shows up on the timeline. And then, it's like you, Knicks fans are so sensitive to, we're tough, tough New Yorkers, basketball city. And then as soon as the Knicks lose, and you, you can dish it, but you can't take it. You, we can take it. We have no. Frank I, just, I, I, I just told you the Knicks were terrible. The I Knicks, just told you the Knicks have the worst owner in sports. I can take it. What I can't take is what I expect an educated sports fan to do is actually look at things rationally. That's what I can't take. The oh. irrational statement. Oh, yes. The irrational Coquel statement is of, Mr. Rational. You yes. just said that the Heat season was less of a disappointment. I said the playoffs. It, exactly. They're the reigning Eastern uh, Conference championships, and they got. So yeah, it was disappointing. The first round. It was disappointing. It was the biggest disappointment in the playoffs so far. The only one that'll be more disappointing is if LeBron loses tonight, and probably if the Clippers go down. Eight 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 seven six zero. That's not more disappointing than the Heat. Yeah, They're the Eastern is. Conference champs, and the Heat have accomplished more with their group. Or is it group. just a fake bubble? And the Heat have accomplished more with their group than the the Clippers uh, did as well. Uh, swept in the first round. Yeah, mm. it, teams get swept. 
teams, mm, teams first round, get swept. Eastern Conference champs. It is that's so. A t- that's a tough man. One. I cannot. That's a tough I cannot one to tell you how sad it is to have Knicks fans, proud Knicks fans, hold one playoff win it's over not, our heads. It's, they're that's proud so that they pathetic. made the playoffs. That is so. That that is equally as pathetic. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Eight 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 seven six zero three seven seven six. Haven't done anything in twenty years, and now one playoff game, and that is then going to mean that it was a superior you, showing. You're, you're Knicks, winning my argument. Uh, no, you're the, winning my argument. The, you keep talking about how bad the franchise is. That's why it's, the whole question you posed and you've been tweeting about was the Knicks were a bigger disappointment. They were. They, were, they absolutely were. How were they a bigger disappointment? Because one the playoff. Knicks, the can, I Knicks, fin- can I finish one sentence? No, my name's on the show. So because, it says featuring Coquel. Remember, I put it there when I made the line. <laughs> okay, so let's get back to that. The Knicks haven't won a playoff game in 20 years. That's why it's not disappointing. That's oh, the point. Okay. You're making my point. Got it. Got it. Got it. Sure. And when national sports media wants to force feed you the Knicks and they face plant and Trey Young kicks your ass. Which your was awesome for the national over sports and over media because it happened to the Knicks. Trey Young does that to the Heat. No one cares. Okay. Uh, you clearly care about Giannis doing that and Chris Middleton doing that no, to the I, Heat this I playoff series. Be, well, Chris is in West Palm. And Chris, you're on Kelevic Alive. What's up, Chris? Hey. I just to say, well, first off, thanks for doing the show. You guys are awesome. Appreciate it, And uh, second off, yeah, I, I mean, I, just just from a perspective, like looking at the players, I mean, the Knicks were a bigger disappointment to me only because of the recession that I saw in Julius Randle. I didn't expect him to go anywhere. It's just like on a personal level that bothered me a little bit more. I mean, like, you know, the Heat, no, I don't think anybody expected them to go become the Eastern Conference champions last year. That kind of felt like a... Wow, how did the hell did that come out of nowhere? And the Bucks sweeping them just felt natural. They're, they're the better team. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping for more of a of a series out of the Knicks and the Hawks. And I guess like that. That's, that's the thing. Why it wasn't even a series. It wasn't even a series. But what I don't understand. Appreciate is it, Chris. A week ago, a week ago, or two weeks ago, when the Heat were the four seed, you were talking about how much better the Heat were. Then the Knicks, then the Hawks. No, I don't know no, what I was doing. No, you, you I was were. praying. No, I didn't say they were much better than the Hawks, but I was praying for a Heat Knicks matchup because I also assure you the Heat win that series in six. I'm pretty sure we can pull the tape. You were telling me how much better they were. You were laughing that they were the four seed, the Knicks were the six seed. Well, we were that talking, happened on this. But era. we were talking about it in the context of them playing one another. It was the four seed, six seed. They don't play each other. So that happened on this air. We were talking about if they were going to be the four or five. For Christ's sake, a man. week ago you were talking about how the Knicks. The excuse me, the Heat beat the Bucks last year, and it had nothing to do with the bubble. And the Heat were better in their culture. Mm-hmm. But now with that caller right there, Chris, you guys talking about how you guys expected the Bucks to win. So it's just it's weird how things change so fast. And maybe I'm just confused because your opinions wait, change day to wait, day. Joe, did 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 Chris say he expected the Bucks to win? Yes, he said they were a much better team. That's, yeah, that's once exactly the series started, once the series started, you could see it. <laughs> so, you could see so it after game two. Up. They lined up for no, tip-off, I and you're thought, like, oh, no, oh Coquel, they lost the Coquel, jump. unlike you, I can acknowledge when I was wrong and going into the series, you I can? thought the Heat would do, would match up well, and then after game two, it became increasingly clear that that wasn't going to be the case. Like, it's as simple as that. I, I don't know. Like, you're trying to make something that, that isn't there. What do you, I'm trying we to, spent months and months and months talking, talking about, about the Heat culture and how great they were. Okay, and, and then they lose, and now you're saying it's not a disappointment. But we talked years about how bad the Knicks were. Then they lose, and it's a disappointment. Heat, I just don't understand. The Heat at least have something to show for their culture. The Heat have at least something from to this show. year. What do they show this year? Because we're talking about this year. Okay, uh, which one are we talking about? Are we talking about the disappointment that happened this week, or are we talking about better franchise? Because again, you're moving the goalpost. And no. I'm not going to allow you to do it. I'm talking about relevant winning franchise. Yeah, yes, the Heat are. Yes, that's that. why it's disappointing that it was sweepity doo time. Okay. 
That line, you've overused that. I don't. Like, you use should it retire for, I that. will use it until the heat gets swept again next year. You should just retire that. Put it up in the rafters alongside the Knicks Game 2 championship banner. That was a great tweet. 3776 I believe the Knicks, a bigger playoff disappointment than the Heat. It's based on a track record. It's based on what the franchises are, and it's based on what we were force-fed to think about the Knicks in the months leading up to the postseason. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, or tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. We are Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel. And yeah, you're right. Both the, both the names are, are on the show. That was a, a, a decent point on your <laughs> part. Uh, but we are also presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Quickly, That's something we can agree on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's go ahead and get through some tweets here. Old Man Roman. The Knicks weren't supposed to make the playoffs this year when the season started. The Heat are supposed to repeat as Eastern Conference champions. Mm. I, I mean, mm. I don't think anybody's ever supposed to. To repeat, I think that uh, that's something that you hope is going to happen, but I don't think anybody made that declaration. Mm. You hope so, but it's not something that is an absolute. But again, I think that the Knicks, a bigger playoff disappointment than the Heat. 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. And again, I'm getting, I'm getting these, these hater tweets. I, listen, I'm just acknowledging something that I feel. If that's being a hater, then... You can think I'm a hater, but Coquel, it's coming from it's coming from a place of observation. I don't mind you hating the Knicks. I hate the Knicks for most of the last twenty. <laughs> I, I hate uh, Dolan. I just don't like the I, to say that it's more of a disappointment when a bad franchise loses. That's not a disappointment. It was exciting to even be in the playoffs. Let's go to Paul in Stewart. Hello, Paul. You're on ESPN 106.3. Hi, fellas. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You got a bud. Can you hear? Um, what I want to say is that I'm a Heat fan, mm-hmm. and the disappointment with the sweep, it was a disappointment. But the first game was literally given to Milwaukee, so I still don't even think that they, they got swept, really. They did. The Knicks, I would say... It was more of a disappointment because they were a higher rank and they got beat, literally got whooped by it. I mean, listen. All I heard about, and Paul, I mean, all I heard about is how loud Madison Square Garden is, and how amazing the arena is, and the NBA is better than Trey Young, who never played a playoff minute in his life, comes in and it completely dominates. He's bowing to the crowd last night and appreciate the call. That's why it's a disappointment. In the Mecca, he played inspired ball because the greats all want to do great things there. It is a loud arena. There's a reason why players talk about it. There's a reason why LeBron talks yeah, about it. Yeah, no, no, you're still. right. And, and, and so There's many a reason players, why Jordan dropped double nickel. It felt like every day of my life. It's why players want to play in it, except for other teams. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. This is my problem with Heat fans, too, and I'm sorry, Paul, and I appreciate you listening. The Knicks got blown out, but the Heat didn't really get swept because we're not going to count that game. Like, 
can we stop? With All right, that? I Come I on. did Come not on. endorse Come that. On, I didn't, just please. for the record, I did not endorse I that. Pretty much, I think I watched the Heat lose a game by sixty five. That might not be the number, <laughs> but I felt like one of those games was a sixty five point game. Yeah, that was games. Take or pick game three or four. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a stretch there where it felt really bad. Uh, Coach K has retired. Duke. Is I might have this single... coach K might have to retire. In this <laughs> is it the single best coaching job? In sports, if not, what is? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. We're going to towel off, not each other. Well, maybe. maybe. He's Coquel. <laughs> I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick live on ESPN 106.3. If you have had a scary run-in with wildlife in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast, I want to hear your tales. I want to hear your stories at 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, because I had an instance over the weekend where I had a run-in with a wild animal, and I am still shook over it. What is your wildlife running, your animal running here in South Florida? Maybe it's a gator. Maybe it's some sort of bird. There are so many exotic things down here that are terrifying. Have you had a run-in with a wild animal here in South Florida? I want to hear the story. I'm curious about it, and I'll tell you mine. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And uh, when you're injured in an accident, it is pretty scary. The aftermath is over overwhelming it's rough uh there are a lot of questions you need help you need guidance and that's where pat lawler lawler and associates personal injury attorneys come in they have over three decades of combined experience at lawler and associates lawler and associates helps clients get the compensation they deserve that's the thing they're getting what you deserve whether it's an automobile accident a boat accident motorcycle accident a slip and fall any personal injury matter lawler and associates they have the expertise and they have the resources and they have the desire to help they are in your corner you need people in your corner in these situations pat lawler lawler and associates are those people visit lawler and associates for a free consultation want to lawyerup.com want to lawyerup.com um those of you who have seen the video you know what i'm talking about but bear with me here uh there has been on social media well done a a oh yeah good call i didn't even think about that uh you are sharp today man i'm so proud of you there is a tiktok video circulating and this was somewhere out west there's mountains it's mountainous um, and obviously it involves bears, so it's probably out west. But a 17-year-old girl is caught on what appears to be a home security camera in her backyard, and there's a big fence in her backyard, and a bear, a huge bear. I mean, we're talking, this thing looks like a, a, a grizzly bear, walks up on this home's fence with a cub, and they are walking along the top of this fence, and the dogs in the house, there's three dogs, run out and start barking at this bear. And this bear is standing on top of the fence and is batting at them with its huge grizzly bear paw. Just batting at him, batting at him, batting at him. And this 17-year-old girl comes running out, scoops up one of the dogs, runs up to this bear. And I'm telling you, this thing's got to be, I mean, I don't know how what the average weight of a grizzly bear is. I'm going to spitball it here. Like, probably what? Like, 500 pounds, 500-something pounds, and she pushes it with her bare hands off the fence, 
pushes a grizzly bear off of a fence with her bare hands, gets all the rest of her dogs, and runs back inside. I mean, it is the ultimate badassery. It is something that I would never do because I would have doo-doo running down my leg. I would not, I would say, dogs, sorry, love you, you're on your own here. I can't do anything for you. And she just pushed the bear, barehanded, off the fence. I'm going to be sexist here and assume that's a mother bear with her cubs and not a male bear. Is that sexist of me to say? No, 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 no. I think that's actually how, like, nature works. They average 290 to 440 pounds. Oh, boy. A male is up over 500 pounds. Oh, my goodness. So, it's fine. Like, 450 pounds. Like that's it's it's huge. a big bear. It's a it's a big bear, and the woman very deceivingly with her outfit looks like she's about sixty. Yeah, she's wearing, but she you're right. She's wearing like a um uh, a nighty. It's a something that my grandma used. to Yeah, wear. like a flowing sleep gown. Like that's what she and she pushes this bear. She assaults off the, fence. the bear. The bear <laughs> and her bear cubs are going for a nice little walk. <laughs> yeah, on her fence, and the right. dogs come out of nowhere, yeah. ravenous, attacking the poor little bears. Just. Just trying to spend time with family. I like to go out with my kids. I don't have dogs attacking me and women pushing me off of fences. <laughs> she should be arrested for assault. Uh, and so that reminded me of this weekend, though. So I was I was out for a run this weekend, and uh, you know, in my community, there's a there's a canal, and so there's a lot of ducks and geese around, and. Usually you just run by them and they scatter or whatever. And some of them are used to people; they'll just stand there, no big deal. I noticed a goose, and this thing was big. I noticed a goose that didn't look like one I had seen before. It was sort of cream-colored, and I'm like, what is that? I haven't seen a goose that looks like that, and it's honking. I'm like, oh, no big deal. Like, I'm getting close. I'm sure it's just, like, doing what geese do and sounding an alarm. Was it driving a car? I, <laughs> it was honking, it, the, the noise that the goose oh. makes. Um, and it was, it was honking, and I run by it, and all of a sudden it starts flapping its wings, and it starts to, like take a couple of steps forward as I'm running by and it gets into the air and flies at me. And my reaction was not to stand there and just be like, Hey, it's okay. I'll take this. I went and I'm not joking. This is the sound I made. I ducked. I covered my head and I went, Oh no, no. And I immediately after that, like I start like thrashing around and then I realize, Oh my God, there's people across the street and they are laughing at me because I went, Oh no. And I'm like spinning and throwing my arms in the air because I was afraid the goose was going to peck me. Birds are scared. I, I mean, it's the legit first bird attack I've ever suffered in my life. And I do want tails. And we have a dedicated uh, a dedicated open uh, as well uh, to take your animal tails at 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. What are your tales of wildlife runnings in South Florida? <laughs> Crikey. It's what we call <laughs> our production wildlife staff, tales inside. By the way, rest in peace to uh, Steve Irwin. Oh, yeah, he threw him in there. Rest in peace. Yeah. I'm sure you made a donation to his foundation. A foundation? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I'll work on it. Uh, so uh, what, is your, what is your wildlife run in, Coquel? We can't I- afford living people, so we have to steal the voices of dead yeah. people. Sorry to Steve Irwin's family. Uh, have you had a wildlife run in, something scary with a... Similar Because down yours. here it happens a lot. This was in North Carolina. We drove down as a family, 11 hours down to some house in North Carolina. There was a whole bunch of us cousins. Like, it was a big family meetup. And the basketball court from the house we rented was across the lake. Mm -hmm. You had to walk around the lake to get to the basketball court. 
Well, we would try to go, and this nine-foot swan, at least that's how my younger me remembers it, giant swan oh, would, would attack the kids. It would Basically, it sounded like it was like barking because it wasn't a normal like whack, whack. It was like an angry, probably honking, I guess, whatever that honking. noise is. Yeah, I think they honk. Yeah, it, it would come at us, and it would attack and go after the kids, and we couldn't go. The older, my older brother and my cousin, they made it because they just took off because they were a lot older than us. They ran, and they got there, but us little kids couldn't, couldn't get past. And then... Finally, it came to the point where it got so bad where it attacked myself, my baby cousin Jenny, my uncle the went swan by. Swans just swan. attacking people every time. I'm sure it had babies or eggs or whatever swan. Or it's do. just a a jerk. Or just a, yeah, grumpy like get <laughs> off get off my lawn, swan. My uncle walked by and ended up it tried to attack him, but my uncle's like a yoked commercial fisherman, clamor angry guy yeah, with yeah, the, yeah. like you know social etiquette. Yeah, just turn and. Punched the swan in the head. Your uncle punched a swan, but it was like a, it was like the same height as him. That's how I know it was tall. Like they were like eyeball to eyeball. I love and the he fact, punched the swan. I love that Coquel's uncle boxed a swan. <laughs> yeah, and then the swan incredible. ran away. It's not bothering us. That is incredible. What are your wildlife running tales here in South Florida? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Birds are jerks, man. They like, are. Geese can be angry. The swans. It's interesting. There's a, a lake in downtown Orlando. I believe it's Lake Eola, I think is the, the name of it. And it is known for the swans that hang out around. But it's right in the middle of downtown Orlando. And those swans are terrifying. They approach you. They're huge. They're taller than you. They're angry. For as beautiful as they are, their personalities do not match. Swans are dreadful creatures. Just awful, awful, violent creatures. My uncle taught me when I was young, same uncle, that the prettier they are, the crazier they are. So maybe that's the problem with swans. I had no I had no idea about anything swans until I saw them in Orlando and it changed my like they're they're mean. They're mean things. I think all birds are mean though. They look mean with their beady eyes. They're always staring at me all creepily. I don't trust birds at all. Like even people's pets. I don't trust pets that are birds. Well, Anything with those little eyes and and I feel like their beaks are gonna peck out my eyeballs. Yeah. Well your Brian McLovin Rowitz has an intense fear of birds. Like really? an intense fear of birds. Like any bird. Sparrow, turkey. Doesn't matter. So he won't do stories about them on WPTV? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Your wildlife tales, your wildlife run-ins, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, or tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. When we come back, a little red light, green light, brought to you by Greenway Kia of West Palm Beach. Top topics in sports. Green light, yeah, I'm with it. Red light, nope. No good. And Coquel is going to bring it to us when we return. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Here's a message from Ken Levicka. Athletes have a responsibility and should have a responsibility to meet with the press. But there's also a reality where Naomi Osaka is still competing in the French Open. Those two things can be the same. Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Well, from I'm not meeting with the media. I'll take your punishment to I'm no longer in the French Open. Tennis, front and center because the biggest star in the women's game is no longer competing in one of the premier tournaments 
in the sport. And it did not, absolutely did not have to be this way. Ken Levick alive, featuring Coquel. It is good to be back with all of you coming off of the long weekend. Hope you had a great long weekend. Oh, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say that. Here on ESPN 106.3, free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Siri. Hey, Google Play. ESPN 106.3. Anna John Levine. Accident and Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off the Intracoastal. Uh, and... I, I will say this before we we really dig into this Naomi Osaka saga. It's always good to see Coquel, but it's really good to see Coquel today and to talk to all of you and to be back with all of you because when you're a parent and Coquel has a four year old, including a nine year old, I have a four year old and a three year old. When it gets to three day weekends like this, <laughs> I am just wondering. When does it get to the point, age-wise, where you're not desperately praying on Sunday morning for your work, your next work day to come? What age do you your kids have to get to to where you're not dreading the extra day that Monday and you have one more day of trying to survive your kids? My poor wife, too. I mean, just run ragged. And her and I on the same page, we were like, oh. This three-day weekend is impossible. What age can you actually manage a three-day weekend with kids? Like, is it 10, 11, 12? They, when, when can I enjoy a three-day weekend? My kids need to move out. They need to get <laughs> jobs, get an apartment, and move out. It's time. It's some responsibility. Yeah, like freeloaders. Was, I mean, freeloaders. Good Lord, it's just and just because you're bored doesn't mean I have to get up and get you know, food. I know. It's like the, you're not hungry. You already ate. It's the screaming. You're bored. It's the yelling. It's the like you've got a sister. In your case, you've got a brother. Go play with the sibling. That's what they're there for. It's why we. It's why we we put in the work to bring you the second one. I was such a bad parent too. By Monday, I just wanted nothing to do with them. That mm-hmm. I gave them their tablets, their TVs, <laughs> the case of video games. <laughs> put it all in their rooms. So they, they had those two. They also yeah. have a second tablet. Yeah. And they still told me they have nothing I to know, do. And they asked me to play with them. I no, I don't want to play with you. I'm telling you. Every I'm not single, here. I'm not a clown. Every I'm not here for your entertainment. Every single uh, situation like that, every single weekend like that, makes me fully understand why my parents sometimes uh, had the emotions they had towards me and my sister. I get it now. I Get it now. I just don't oh. understand. And I, you can complain. You have nothing to do. Your system itself, I bought like nine games that are inside the system. Right. There's like 50 cartridges, I know, because I step on them all day yeah. long. Cycle Because you don't put them away. Just Cycle play throw. different games. Yeah. Like, don't tell me you're bored. You have 47 different My Little Pony uh, toys. Play with them. And then okay. such a bad parenting move that I make schoolwork be like a punishment thought. I-Ready is like the big reading and math program. Yeah. I'm like, are right, you bored? Let's go do some I-Ready. Like, that's how I get them to finally leave me alone, and then all of a sudden they're not bored anymore. <laughs> uh, hey, but it, desperation calls for uh, measures like that. And, man, is it good to be back. I mean, I fully appreciate employment, uh, especially when it comes off of a three-day weekend. Oh, Ooh, boy. I was going to opt out of parenting. <laughs> Just opt out? Yeah, yeah that's it. it. I'm done. Yeah, you're not going to uh, – you'll become a restricted parenting-free agent. That's it. Yeah. I'm done. I, I just – it's too much. Yeah. And I and I took the kids to a my wife had a full day Sunday by herself, but that's in <laughs> Didn't seem to change the, her motivation on Monday to really jump in. I took the kids to a friend's house all day long, and it could come Monday. It still was, where's daddy? I am. Like, come I, on. 
I tell you, man, I, I can hear the disdain in your voice, and I feel it. I, I feel it, and I understand it. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel and Naomi Osaka. We talked about her last week, Coquel, when she made the announcement she wasn't going to meet with the French Open, and we did the show that every other sports talk radio show in America is doing today, should athletes have to meet with the media. We covered this day one of Naomi Osaka with that social media post to the French Open saying, I mean no disrespect, but for my mental health, I'm not going to meet with the media. Which you came back and said she has to, and, yeah. you, and you caused her to opt out of the French Open. Yes, this is all my fault. But well, you my, basically said she has to do it. You are the guy who made her do it. I, I believe that there is a responsibility for athletes uh, in the, who make a ton of money and do so largely because of what fans are pumping into the sport. There's a level of accountability that needs to be had in sports. There needs to be immediate reaction. It needs to be post-game. There needs to be explanations because this is a give and take. Uh, you perform at a high level for big-time money, which Naomi Osaka does for prestige. People come out and in large part are paying um, uh, at least a portion of what you're making on an annual basis and it's just like politics it's just like anything along those lines uh, you need to be held accountable and that's where the press comes in and that's where post-game press conferences and post-match press conferences come Naomi Osaka though announces yesterday that because of her ongoing mental health issues and that is very serious and wildly important and something that honestly uh, it, it hits very close to me for a multitude of reasons and Coquel I mean we both have had our own struggles and uh, we've discussed it and we haven't hidden from it but Naomi Osaka has decided that she is withdrawing from the French Open. As opposed to continually taking fines or even being expelled from the tournament, she has decided she's not going to play in the French Open. So this started with Naomi Osaka saying, I'm not meeting with the press. Uh, you had Rafael Nadal come out and express support for Osaka a couple of days ago, but also go on to say, I feel that it's a responsibility of the sport to meet with reporters after matches. Osaka, the way she handled this, I think it was a bit clunky. And I think that her I think that her her motivations were obviously um, important and correct, but I think it could have been done less clunky than it became. Naomi Osaka not meeting with the media and then ultimately withdrawing from the French Open because of the backlash, because of the reaction to not meeting with the media. How should Naomi Osaka have handled the French Open? How should Naomi Osaka have handled the French Open? Is there an alternative way in which she should have handled this? And also, basic, we'll go back to last week, should athletes have to speak to the media? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Or tweet at the show at ESPN West Palm. How should Naomi Osaka have handled the French Open? And should athletes have to speak to the media? I think that where Naomi Osaka went wrong here, and I'm trying to be sensitive to her mental plight right now, and she says that this is something that has affected her for quite some time. She has anxiety, especially when it comes to public speaking, especially in front of the media. I get that. And she, do you remember Ricky Williams when he first got into the league, Coquel, and he has to wear his helmet with the visor, and people made fun of him. Press made fun of him. Fans made fun of him, but that's a very, very real thing. That's the only way he could do post-game press conferences or uh, meet in the scrums after practice with his helmet on. 
And we saw that he eventually, the spotlight was too much for him. He went on the hiatus, and uh, he pretty much, for the most part, derailed his NFL career before coming back and needing to recoup some of that money from the Dolphins and doing so on the field. Um, This is important stuff. It is. But I'm not quite sure that a social media post was the way to do this. Because it appeared to catch Roland Garros, and that's where the French Open is played. It appeared to to catch them off guard. And then they're scrambling. And it just, it opened up. If I were Naomi Osaka, and she's 23 years old now, there's been a lot made of her age. She has been in the spotlight for a long time, including going back as a teenager. However, at 23, isn't there some semblance of, you know what, I should address this beforehand with the organizers of the French Open. Maybe we can come to a compromise. And are we here. sure they didn't know it beforehand? Are we sure there was no conversations had? They certainly reacted as if they did not get a heads up about this. But isn't there rules in place of saying you have to talk mm-hmm. for yeah, this yeah, long? It's policy. Where this is the consequence? Mm-hmm. And that's where... So that should be it, though. Credit to Osaka. She said she'd take the fine. Okay, and she take the subsequent fines. She was uh, fined fifteen thousand dollars for her first missed press conference that everybody knew was coming, and the conversation was on. And uh, there were some detractors, there were some supporters. I don't think it needed to result though in Naomi Osaka no longer being in the French but show. How did we get there? This is the leap I'm missing. Is how did we go from? She said, "I'll take the Naomi said, "I'll take the fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollar fine." Yep. So, so then she missed the press conference, right? Yeah. And they find her, and then she got mad and left. What happened? It is because Roland Garros, the U.S. Open, Wimbledon, and the Australian Open all sent out warnings to Osaka over the weekend, preemptive warnings that if this continues at our tournaments, then expect possibly greater fines and even expulsion from the tournament. So what Osaka did was she saw that, especially from the Roland Garros end, and said, hey, I'm going to make this easy on you. I'm gone. Yeah, you need, I'm out. She pulled the, you need me more than I need you. So I you. guess who's more at fault, though, for this falling out? Is it Osaka for not meeting her media responsibility? And let's be clear, that's what it is. It's a responsibility. Nothing has changed from the time she entered professional tennis to last weekend, where, or last week, when she made the social media post that she was not going but to meet with the press. they have guidelines, though. That's the thing. They have guidelines. They have a punishment set. And she was what... If the punishment was if you if the punishment beforehand was if you don't meet with the media we're going to have you expelled from the competition. We're not going to let you play anymore. That's her decision to make. They had their rules. You don't make rules unless you're going to like one thing I've learned as a parent, as a teacher, as a manager, if you make rules, stick by them, you can't alter them. Yeah. You can't ignore them and you can't alter them. If there are rules in place, follow those rules. Don't back yourself into a corner and that's what they did. They made rules. She said, fine, I don't care. I'll take the punishment. I know what the punishment is. You can't then up it because that punishment doesn't scare the person. They did not need to push it. They did not need to push it. And It's uh, unfair of them to push it, I think, because the rules were in place. And she attacked it as, all right, well, if it's $15,000, I'm making X amount of money. I'm going to get rid of the, how, how many matches would it be? Like seven matches? Mm-hmm. Something. If so she made a deep run. $100,000 in the deep run, which she'd make a lot more if she made that deep run. I- I'm willing to take that loss. I am curious about the hypothetical, though, and uh, this does get a bit into, I think, profile, men's game to women's game. If Rafael Nadal or Roger Federer 
both said, we're not meeting with the media, we're having mental health issues. Do you think Roland Garros threatens to possibly expel them from the tournament? Do you think that that actually happens? Do you think they would go to that place, beloved men's champions? Do you think so? I don't know. I don't know. I have how a hard much... time believing they would. I think this is a double standard you think it's like towards a, Naomi Osaka. We can, we can bully the younger. We can bully female. the twenty-three-year-old female who is does not have a command in front of the mic. We've seen it, like the men do, the popular Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. But Naomi Osaka also, she went into this just saying, "Oh, by the way, I'm not doing this," and that's not. How and, and I am totally sensitive to the mental illness struggle she is having. I totally get it. But you can't, as a professional, walk in and say, I'm not doing this. Why not? Sorry, and leave them hanging. Why not? Because it is a responsibility. But Come they, up with a solution. But they, why? They had, they had their solution. How about, they, they said, if you miss it, you're going to be fined $15,000. Let's listen to, to, to Chris Everett. She, uh, tennis legend, she was on Good Morning America, and she was discussing what sort of things possibly could have been put in place uh, to help Naomi Osaka. Instead of saying, nope, I'm not doing this and turning your back, because I, me, my belief is, my belief is that athletes should meet with the media. They, they should Lee. meet with the media. There needs to be a level of accountability that exists in a multi-million dollar sport especially the biggest stars. And so this was Chris Everett talking about Naomi Osaka on Good Morning America. Most importantly, hope that Naomi's okay and that she gets the support that she needs. It's interesting because, uh, you know, I really respect Naomi for being a spokesperson and she has been the darling of the media. That's what makes this really interesting. Um, The media have really built her up and have, have helped her brand very, very much. Um, you know, on the one side, I'm, I have so much sympathy for her. On the other side of the coin is that the press is very instrumental uh, in the growth of the game. And I think it's very crucial to tennis. I think it's, it's, it brings stories to the fans. It dissects matches. I think these press conferences are a responsibility to the players. I would agree. I completely agree with that. And perhaps there's a moderator that could have gotten involved. Perhaps there's a number of a select number of media members that you get to participate in these. Press she goes conferences. on. She goes on to. If you're okay, I'm going to call for yeah, the second. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Because she goes on to explain ways that maybe they can change things a little bit. But I want to talk back to your original point when we're done with this. I think it's time to take a closer look at the structure of these press conferences to make them more comfortable and healthier. For the players, maybe limit them to 15, 20 minutes, maybe check the credentials of the press a little bit better, maybe put a monitor um, or a moderator in there to really field the questions. And remember, these athletes are teenagers and early, in their early 20s, and they can't cope with what a 45, 50 year old golfer can cope with. You know, you have the, the press really have to have some compassion and some respect for the questions that they ask because it's really putting a lot of the players off. I am I am not uh ignorant to the fact that there is press, there is media that they're just digging and looking to throw daggers at athletes, okay? But also, it is so easy, and we see it now in every walk of society, especially in this country. It's so so easy to just say, "Up, oh, blame the media. Bleep the media. The media 
fake news, all this garbage, just take a dump on the media. That is not at its core what the press is for. And in sports, that is not what the press is for. And for Naomi Osaka to just blast out social media posts, hey, I'm not doing this, without trying to come up with an alternative, without trying to come up with a common understanding and a common ground, like that is... That's as much on her as it is on the French Open. The French Open and Roland Garros pushed too hard to threaten expulsion? Absolutely. And if I was Naomi Osaka, I'd say bleep it. I don't need the money. I'll leave too. Uh, I, I, go deal with your own uh, your, your field without me in it. But it's a bit, it, it was a bit of an oversight and I think a little immature of Naomi Osaka not to seek out a common ground understanding with Roland Garros before this. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. How should Naomi Osaka have handled the French Open? And quite simply, should athletes have to speak with the media after games and after matches? Make it a requirement if it's a requirement. There's two things in in running an organization you can't do. One, you can't set rules that you're not going to be able to back up. Two, if you set parameters and then people follow within those parameters, you can't be mad that they did so. The parameters for her were with $15,000. She was doing that. They can't then be mad and be like, well, that didn't scare you enough. We need to do something else. You set those parameters. So, so she's following the guidelines set by okay. the employer. Uh, and that, and I, I'm with you. The, the French Open pushed too hard, and they moved the goalpost. That's not right. But this all could have been avoided as well if Nami Osaka had a bit of foresight and tried to work with Roland Garros as opposed to just, this is how it's going to be, put her foot down. Why does she have to do that? If she put out the statement saying she didn't it's want to talk to me. It's her responsibility. Her responsibility, and if she didn't fulfill it she'd get fined okay and she was okay with that but i know they came back if there are you putting it on naomi and not the organization there is a place that has been good to me and there is a sport where i'm making my livelihood and one of my jobs been good to them and made them money too coquel if i came in one day and after the show and you and i work very closely on a daily basis even outside of this show we do a lot of production we do a lot of different radio things but if i if i walked in here one day and i said Hey, uh, just a heads up. I, I, I'm not going to do this uh, for the week. I, I'm not going to do this for the week. Um, I, I respect it, and I understand its importance, but I'm not going to do this for the week. I don't think that would be received particularly well, and that's sort of the way that Naomi Osaka went about it. And again, I'm not trying but to crush somebody. But again, there's guidelines in place. I guarantee if either one of us said we weren't going to do our responsibilities outside of the show, the comparable thing to a fine to be, all right, well, then you're not on the show. You wouldn't be on the show for the week. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it would be. You'd have to fall into the guidelines that were agreed upon, whatever your contract with Stephanie Prince, our boss is. Like, and that's all she did. She followed those guidelines. How should Naomi Osaka have handled the French Open? Or maybe she handled it perfectly. Maybe you think she did what she had to do. She had the leverage there, and she put down the gauntlet. How should Naomi Osaka have handled the French Open? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And at its simplest, simplest form, should athletes have to speak to the media? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. And again, I am trying to be as as sensitive to the mental illness topic as I can be. Like, I get it. I understand it. And especially someone who has social anxiety, 
That is a miserable situation to be in, I'm sure, when you're a high-profile athlete. But to simply just dismiss, to simply... And Naomi Osaka withdrew because of the French Open pushing, moving the goalpost on their punishment, okay? That was wrong. That was wrong. And these warnings from the other Grand Slam events, that's wrong. But let's not act like it is so one-sided and Naomi Osaka is just ultimate villain and the press... Uh, Naomi Osaka is is completely innocent, and uh, there's only one villain in all of this, and the press is villainous as well for wanting to, God forbid, talk to the top women's player on the planet. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's go to Port St. Lucie. Uh, Coquel sent me Ted. Is this Ted? Yes, it is. All right. Coquel was right. I didn't know coming off a three-day weekend uh, how sharp Coquel was going to be. So he's uh, he's one for one now. Ted, what do you got for us? Well, I just think with the with the media, I mean, it's more, it seems like to me, with like the media is making it more about them than the athlete. I mean, obviously, yes, you know, the media is there, but it's about the athlete, man. They're the show, not the media. The, the media, though, and this is, it, it, this is an entire industry, though, and the industry is built off of getting information but also telling stories. And so what Chris Everett, it, what she said on Good Morning America today is extremely correct when she says that, hey, I mean, the media has done a, a very important job of making Naomi Osaka uh, into a bit of what she is as a brand. Like, the play obviously speaks for itself, but the brand and the way she gets covered, like that's important for her. There's got to be a little give and take, and you can't just tell one industry, sorry, not going to happen, when that industry is is and has been built around a responsibility from the athlete. It's just it's tough to to immediately make that declaration and say, well, that's so. I mean, I get it, but at the end of the day, she earned what she earned. She's a, she's, it's, they made her, but she made herself. She's the best women's tennis player. I mean, that's all of her hard work. And the media just benefits off the fact that she is so good. But so, Ted, let's. I mean, I let, guess there's a little bit of give and take there. There is give and take. And again, like the French Open pushing it to maybe we'll just expel you. That's bull bleep. Like, that's garbage. And so I, I respect Nami Osaka for putting it back on them and saying, hey, I'm out. Deal with it. So that, that she did the right thing there, and she can because she has the money. She has the prestige to do something like that. But who are your teams, Ted, or at least one of your teams? What's your, what's your favorite team? Uh, Dallas Cowboys. Okay, so uh, Mike McCarthy. And, man, Cowboys fans, I, I mean, especially. <laughs> like, are you, would you, does Mike McCarthy have to address the, uh, the media after every game, do you think? Do you think Dak Prescott has to address the media after every game? I mean, as a Cowboy fan, I would say yes. I agree on you on that. So I guess, yeah. Because it's mean, accountability. You as a fan, yeah, one, you put your, yeah, you put your time, your effort, your money into it. You want some accountability. That's that's the only point I'm making about media and their access to players and athletes after games and matches. This is something that fans fans dictate the market, but and the then media, make it a requirement. Make it a requirement. Which it is. That's the and, whole issue that well, how but, the Osaka thing came about because it is a requirement with a punishment of fifteen thousand dollars. Make it a requirement of if you don't do it, you're out of the tournament. That's the thing. Set your guidelines. What you want. I have no problem if they wanted to say talking to the media is part of your job, but you are not allowed to do this job. Then that's the expectation 
you can choose another profession if you want. But what I have the problem with is you set the expectation of you talk to the media or you get fined $15,000. And then that wasn't good enough when the player went along with your expectations. How do you feel Naomi Osaka handled her situation at the French Open? Was she entirely right the whole time? Could she have done it better pre-tournament when she decided not to meet with the media? Could they have come to a common ground with the media availability? And also, should athletes have to speak to the media? Period. So, Naomi Osaka, a couple of questions here. Are you okay with how she handled the French Open, and should athletes have to speak to the media? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweet at ESPN West Palm. We'll talk with Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates Personal Injury Attorneys, later on in the show. We'll talk to him about Osaka and about athletes and media responsibilities. Uh, he is our sports law and sports agent insider here on Ken Levicka Live. And, hey, I want to tell you, because this weekend... Uh, it was hot. I mean, it was brutally hot. I would walk outside at 11 a.m. and I'm like, this is miserable. And I'm like, what if my air conditioning went out? That would be because, Coquel, you've been there. I've been there. We don't think about our air conditioning until it's, until it's gone. Yep. And then you're like, oh, oh, what do I do? And thankfully, EDS exists. EDS handles residential and commercial air conditioning, AC and plumbing services. We're talking service and maintenance, the new system installs, indoor air quality is of utmost importance, and the interior plumbing and water heaters, maintenance plans, they have them all for you with EDS, family owned and operated, serving Palm Beach County since 2006. They're celebrating 15 years in the business this year, and you don't want to wait when you have an air conditioning emergency, especially in the summer South Florida heat. Most AC companies are going four to six hour appointment windows. EDS, it's two, a two hour appointment window. So you're not being held hostage all day in your steamy home. Licensed and insured, drug free workplace, and EDS is a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop the train. EDS, make sure that you're getting a hold of EDS for your air conditioning and plumbing needs. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick, and we return Kyrie Irving. And the Celtics logo. That was the battle of the weekend. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. The Heat are out. The Knicks are out. The Celtics are out. The Clippers are about to be out. And I can't wait for the rest of the NBA playoffs. Coquel on a Friday. Hit the open. On your mark. Get set. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. One of the single wildest NBA playoffs that we've ever had. The household teams, no more. The household names, gone. And I say bring it on. I am intrigued. I am fascinated by this. Let's go. And it is a Friday. We made it, kiddos. Ken Levick alive. I'm that guy. It's featuring Coquel. He's that guy. Coquel. Hi. And a John Levine Accident Attorney Studios. Downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off the Intracoastal. Uh, because we are givers, we are very, very generous. Later on in the show, we're going to have a little Stormhouse Brewing trivia. Be 
$55,050 gift card to Stormhouse Brewing. We're giving it to you as a Friday gift. Because we're givers or we just want to bribe people to listen to us and be our friends? It's a little bit of both. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not past that. Uh, so... LeBron last night gets eliminated, and I said yesterday, Coquel, when we did uh, Greenway, Kia, West Palm Beach, red light, green light, I was convinced that LeBron would be able to drag his injured team and that squad of carcasses into a Game 7 against Phoenix, but that was not the case. I mean, that was a dominant performance from Phoenix last night, uh, and LeBron leaves the floor early. Doesn't do the handshake thing. That has sent a segment of America into a tizzy, but that's not the main idea. That's not the story. LeBron, for the first time in his career, is done in the first round. Far and away, the shortest playoff appearance in LeBron James' career. Six singular games, and the Lakers are finito. They are done. He is getting ready for <laughs> step and repeats and red carpets for his new Space Jam movie. That's what the preparation is for now. But think about this. This is not just LeBron. The Heat are out. Both your conference champions from the bubble. The Celtics are out. Maybe the most famous team in basketball history. The Clippers are one Luka away from having their season come to an end. Kawhi, Paul George, Balmer screaming and yelling and hollering excited. They're about to be done. The Knicks, the NBA's just better when the Knicks are good. They're done after five games. And this is what we're left with now. You have a playoffs unlike any other where the Hawks are going to be prominent, where the Denver Nuggets are are going to be prominent. Where the Phoenix Suns, for the first time since KJ and Charles... Well, I, I take that back, Steve Nash uh, that and Amari Stoudemire. Uh, but they obviously didn't reach the KJ level, the Charles Barkley level. But yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Nash and, Ig- and uh, Stoudemire. But still, that's a long time since we've seen the Suns relevant. And then there is the big three that, for some reason, doesn't get nearly as much attention as any big three that we've ever seen in the NBA. The one that's going on in Brooklyn right now with Harden and Kyrie and Kevin Durant. The playoffs have been completely turned and completely changed because the household names, the guy who always leads his team to the finals, LeBron James, a team that has the standard in the heat, the team that got all the national attention for finally having a good season, the Knicks, the Celtics, who so many hold near and dear, they're all gone. They're all gone. After one round, it's not like they even got into the conference semifinals. It's not like this is, oh, they didn't make the finals. They're done after the first round. And I am fascinated by this to the point, Coquel, where I'm actually more excited about what's coming in the NBA playoffs that I've been in quite some time because it is more than we've ever seen before, or at least in the last 15 years, a complete crapshoot. This is an absolute toss-up. Is it, though? Do we still know what the Nets are going to do? They've played 12 games together, Coquel. Those three have played 12 games together, and I think it's easy to say, well, that is going to be who everyone is chasing, but we don't yet know that. 
We don't quite know that yet. And that's the one team, that's the only team that I would think that you can make that argument for. Other than that, I mean, name me a team, Coquel, East or West, where you say, oh yeah, it's a definite that they're going to make a deep run. Do you trust with an injured Joel Embiid? Now, even if Embiid was healthy, how much do you trust the 76ers, the one seed? Well, they, I think the Hawks are better than people think, and I think they can, they may have trouble they could. in the round, too. They could. I, I would not put that past them, especially if Embiid has problems, because you saw what a struggling big man uh, Julius Randle with the Knicks, what happened when the Hawks just attacked him over and over and over and over, over again. The Bucks. Based on track record, and yes, they throttled the heat, but don't you need to see a little bit more from the Bucks before you just say, yeah, like they're going to be able to, to coast in? And can the Hawks maintain what they did against the Knicks into a second round? Trey Young, he was driven by becoming the enemy, but what's he going to do against the 76ers? What's funny about all this is you, you say all this without mentioning the team with the best record in the NBA. That would be the Utah, Utah Jazz. Jazz. No, I they know. They've been quietly the best. And when Donovan Mitchell's playing, they everyone's calling him Wade 2.0. And I part of that I think is Wade taking his heat culture to jazz culture, but I think he also is that kind of superstar with an NBA body who plays a very similar game. Who can I was about to say drag a team. He has a very good team you know, in the jazz, but who can lead a team to a, a title. Out of ten 10 people listening to this show, 10 listeners to this show, how many do you think, just to spitball guess, how many do you think actually knew the Jazz had the best record in the NBA going into the postseason? I'd say four. One, I'm impressed you think 10 people are listening. I think that's great. <laughs> Our numbers are hitting an all-time high. Way to go out on a big note Thank on a you Friday. Thank you, 10. We appreciate you. Um, yeah, I'd say under five. Yeah. If yeah. five is the benchmark, I'm taking the under. But yeah, the best team in the NBA resides in the West, and it's the Utah Jazz. But then you have Jokic in Denver who is likely going to win the MVP. The guy in the West, not LeBron, that I think most people were attracted to, is Dame Lillard. He's done. This is exceptional. This is unprecedented compared to what we've seen in the LeBron era. And by the LeBron era, I mean the last 12 years where he's been in 11 finals. Out of those 12 years. We haven't seen anything quite like this. This is the first finals. Like, is it 10 years with no LeBron, no Steph? Yes. Well, it, yeah, exactly. Because it was Raptors and Warriors two years yeah. ago. So, I want to ask the question because I am all in on this. I'm excited. I can't wait to see what happens. But all social media flooded last night. And I, Coquel, I know you saw this too. LeBron's out. The Lakers are out. Boston's out. Hope Adam Silver and the NBA enjoy their tanked ratings. That's always the fallback, always the angle that we take. And I wonder how, I wonder how accurate that actually is. With no LeBron or the Lakers, with no Heat, with no Knicks, with no Celtics, and likely with no Kawhi or Paul George and the other LA team about to be ousted, are you more likely, less likely? to watch the NBA playoffs? Or are you completely out now? Are you going to continue on? Are you more likely to watch the NBA playoffs now? Are you less likely to watch the NBA playoffs now? Are you totally out of the NBA playoffs now? Now that the recognizable names and the recognizable teams are out. 888-760-3776. 888 888- 
760-3776. And you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. The casual fan, I really want to hear from casual NBA fans. Like maybe the fans who don't tune in until it's uh, about two weeks before the postseason. Or they're strictly playoffs. Uh, They don't like the mundane nature of the regular season. And then... LeBron, like, this is the thing about LeBron Coquel, and this is why it's so significant that he's out in round one, is that we've just grown accustomed to him carrying the torch. He's been the one who shouldered the entire NBA popularity load for well over a decade now. Damn near two decades at this point. We knew he was going to make a late run. It was always easy for us in sports talk radio because it was, at first, Oh, LeBron, is he going to fall short again in the Eastern Conference Finals? Is he going to make the Finals? Then, once he was in the Finals every year, was it, it was, is he going to win a championship? Can he catch Jordan? Exactly. Can he catch Jordan once he finally started to win championships? And now in round one... Can he win one in Cleveland? Right. But it's not like even if LeBron... And LeBron was carrying the load with Cleveland. Now it's double impact. LeBron and... And one of the legendary franchises, the Lakers, are out. But then it's not just the Lakers. It's the Celtics as well. Down here, for me, it's the Heat with the culture. They're out. The Knicks, who got so much run in the weeks leading up to the postseason. And the the, the celebration views of 7th Avenue. And all the talk about Madison Square Garden and how good it was to see the Knicks back to relevance. They're ousted in the first round. Now with the teams and the biggest names gone from the NBA playoffs, are you more likely, are you less likely to watch the NBA postseason, or are you flat out done? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. And this isn't me, I'm not trying to judge at all. I just want to sort of hear why you're in or why you're out why it does appeal to you, or why it doesn't appeal to you anymore. And let's add this as well. Because without LeBron, without Jimmy Butler, without Jason Tatum, without likely Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, unless something shocking happens, without Julius Randle, who's now the face of the NBA playoffs without LeBron? Is it one of the big three in Brooklyn, or is it somebody else? Who is now the face of the NBA playoffs without LeBron? LeBron. I think you're you're saying something there that this may be the best thing that happened to the Nets as a marketing team for the Nets. Oh, LeBron's what a boon. Out yes. Because ESPN now has to shift their attention to. to that big three in Brooklyn. That's a the great Knicks point. are gone, so there's not there's not two in the same big market city, and now LeBron's gone, so LA may be gone too. Let's shift it to Brooklyn and the story of Brooklyn. And you know, they're gonna make it more romanticized. The Brooklyn mm-hmm. neighborhoods and stuff like that. Well, we all know on national television during the postseason, whether it's TNT, ESPN, ABC, the promotional tiles when you're watching something completely unrelated to basketball, and it's always LeBron's face pasted on that. NBA playoff coverage resumes Saturday night here on ABC, and it's not going to be LeBron anymore. It's not going to be Jimmy Butler. It's not going to be Brad Stevens. It's going to be either Kevin Durant or James Harden or Kyrie Irving, all our elite players. But as far as them being used as mechanisms to promote the league, they've never been in a spot like this before. You're totally right. And this is a Brooklyn team that 
hasn't even hit the 20-game threshold with those three playing together, and now they're thrust into possibly the main attraction of the playoffs. I think part of it, too, is a lot of people don't like Kyrie because he's, he's Kyrie. He's eccentric. He's weird. At Harden, people don't like the way he forced his way out of Houston. They don't like his game. They don't like his free throw line Somehow trips. putting on a fat suit and coming out uh-huh. and playing. And they don't like Kevin Durant because he's a Twitter troll. And he joined the Warriors. People didn't like when mm-hmm. he joined the Warriors. So, like, it's three people that are seemingly unlikable to the masses team together. So, there's not even someone to even really root for out of right. the group. LeBron and the Lakers are out. The Heat are out. The Knicks are out. The Celtics are out. The biggest names, the biggest stars are done after round one. Are you more likely... Less likely or just out of watching the NBA playoffs? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's go to Joe in Jupiter. Joe, you're on ESPN 106.3. What's up, Joe? How are y'all doing? Good, man. You know you know where I'm probably going to be going with this, but there is one name that at least will be around probably for the next couple of weeks this season, and then who knows for the next 10 or 15 years, is Luka. Not only Nash, not only in the U.S., but worldwide overseas. I've heard some phone calls from a, a local station back in Dallas that calls Slovenia and talks to local, like, establishment restaurants and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're just they, – the whole overseas Euro, they, they're going crazy over So Luka. you think with, and, uh, with LeBron out, Luca has a chance to be the face, the breakout star of the NBA playoffs now? Well, for, for sure in the future. I don't know about this season. Okay, but so, I bet, I bet, I bet next season uh, or in the next couple of seasons. So and, for and you, and I know you're watching because you're a, a Mavericks fan, and the Mavericks are about to oh, close yeah. out the uh, the Clippers with no LeBron and the Lakers anymore, no Heat, no Celtics, uh, biggest names, biggest teams, just just done after round one. We haven't seen anything like this in a very very long time, if ever. For you, like what's what's the main attraction of the playoffs now? As someone who's watching. For me, even if the Mavericks, when they don't, when they do end their season this year, I, I'm I'm ready for a change. Honestly, I mean, I appreciate what LeBron does. I appreciate what all those superstars that you named do. But I like the the new younger superstars that are coming in. Whether it's Donovan Mitchell or you know Trey Young is going to do who knows what. Yeah, John Morant. You know, I'm I'm just ready. You know, I've been watching it for so long, years and years and years. I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for some new superstars to start taking over. Me too, and it's not like I wouldn't watch it, and thanks for the call, Joe, but I can't wait to see what Trey Young does as an encore. Can the Jazz with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert and Coquel, what did we hear last year about uh, right before the NBA shut down the rift between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert because Donovan Mitchell thought that Rudy Gobert was reckless when he got sick, the COVID situation, uh, Donovan Mitchell tested positive, uh, and now can they actually? And they're a they're a team of no names. Donovan Mitchell is a star, but that's largely a team of no names there in Utah as the best team in the NBA. What can they do? Chris Paul, a renaissance in his career. Devin Booker, forty six to close out the Lakers last night. What are the Suns going to be able to do? I love these questions. Our own Evan Cohen, five to six, agrees with Joe and Jupiter, and he thinks Luca's the star. Luca is the the face now of the NBA playoffs. That, that's what he's texting in. Luca as the face of the NBA. What was weird watching a Mavericks game, and I don't know why. Maybe I shouldn't even notice it. There's a lot of times when they have three white dudes on the floor. Have you noticed it's it? It's jarring. It, it looks you? like old school Duke. Like that's what I was thinking of. I'm like, is that where Coach K is going? 
Is that why he's leaving? He's going to go coach Except Coach K has never had a player like Luka who can do Luka things. Is Luka the new face of the postseason, or is it indeed Durant, Kyrie, uh, James Harden? But, Coquel, that was a great point. Like Those three guys are three of the least likable stars, I think, to the mainstream that the NBA has to offer. And I don't think Devin Booker is in that spot yet. It would have been Damian Lillard if he could move on because other than LeBron, I think that's the guy who people gravitate most towards in the West because of his playoff acumen. He's done. He's out. Like, who is it now? Who is the new face of the playoffs? Who's going to be if the NBA had one promotional tile to promote their ESPN play-by-play coverage during the playoffs? Who's the face now that goes on that now that LeBron is done? Who's the face of that? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweet at ESPN West Palm. And also now, with the Lakers done, the Celtics done, the Heat done, the Knicks done, LeBron done, are you more likely, less likely to watch the postseason, or are you flat out out of it? 888-760-3776. Oh, is it West Palm? Oh, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Oh, What's going on, fellas? Listen, um, I, I think for basketball fans, for people that actually like the game, that appreciate the game, I think they're more interested to see, kind of like what the last caller was saying. Out of everybody that you guys mentioned, who's, who's really that good? LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler, that's it. Yeah. That's it. And we're really only mentioning Jimmy Butler because he plays for the Heat, because he plays for the whole town. You're right. You're right. But if we go back a couple of years when he was, when, with free agency, he wasn't even top five sure. of, of pro- proposed free agents. Sure. So it's not really that big. It's big right here in South Florida, but that's it. To throw the Knicks in that equation, come on, bro, that's irresponsible. The <laughs> Knicks have had a success of a year because they were nowhere, not even close, nowhere on the Vegas odds, nowhere in anybody's heart other than a true Knicks fan for the last 15 years, and they made the fourth Oh, I made the fourth seed. Oh, I am. I am. I'm bored with you. I am on board with you. Oh, like you and I are on the same page with that. But you know how it is, especially down here. Like there was there was Nick's fever, even if you and I think it's insane. But it was there. Absolutely. Absolutely. But and, and they deserve it. They deserve it. I don't think I don't think we put the I don't think we framed the same question when Kansas City went to the Super Bowl with Pat Mahomes. Everybody had all of a sudden Kansas City fever. That dude is the truth. And yeah. he got a team around him. That's the truth. Now, the Devin NFL Booker, is... A, the, everybody got Devin Booker fever. That dude well, scored 47 points last uh, And here's the thing, and he though. Has an amazing squad around him. He does. The amazing NFL is a different squad. beast, though. The NFL is so nationalized now where I think that it, there is just as many players who people are a fan of, fans are, are rooting for, than teams, where the NBA can be a little bit more regional. Uh, but LeBron it seems to be the guy who always was the binding part yeah. of that. You're, I mean, you're you're an NBA fan. Oh, you tell I'm me NBA right fan. now who is the who is the face of the playoffs now for you? Who should the league be promoting as I mean, the guy? I, I think I think honestly, I look past KD, Kyrie, and James Harden on the Nets. Quite frankly, I'm not a fan. You're trying to make a super team. It's a team of all all stars. I'm looking at Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Luka Doncic. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. looking at those two guys. Those two guys are the future of the end. B A period. Whether they stay with their teams or they somehow get out and go to another team, those are going to be the guys' names that we're talking about for years and years to come. And look at who's around them. It's not they're not super teams. No. You got an aged veteran in Chris Paul, 
But you got up up and comers that nobody's talking about. They're not even up and comers. Let me tell you something. DeAndre Aiden made Anthony Davis look foolish that too. <laughs> yeah, and nobody wants to right. talk about it. No, you're he right. Made Anthony Davis look foolish that too. Miles Bridges made made Kadarius Caldwell Pope and crew look yeah, foolish. No doubt. That last series. No doubt. Okay, oh, all pro- those guys. All those guys deserve all that credit too. Yep. Even Tim Hardaway Jr. in the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks. All right, all right, all right. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a little time. much. Oh, we appreciate the, the call, man. Deserves a little credit. Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, oh, lost me at, at Tim Hardaway Jr. Come on. Yeah, he, I get it. He's not that great. Plus, the Knicks for, for Zingas trade was terrible. <laughs> Hardaway Jr. You're was having throw, PTSD He was a throw-in in the deal. Yeah, yeah. But I, I do think that this is a great advertisement for the league, too. Do you have Booker fever? I do. I sort of. I really love Devin Booker, and I think it was. Did you get it from Kylie? From what? Uh, well, sorry, go on. Okay, I don't even know what that meant. Kylie Jenner, come on. Oh, I things. got you. Yeah, I got yeah, you. You're right. So anyway, I'm getting Booker. Fever. Okay, TMK. Um, but I think it was a couple of years ago where where I was I was sort of ripping Devin Booker because he was just sort of uh, throw up a bunch of points. He had, uh, you know, he, he threw out the occasional 35-point game, but the Suns were absolutely dreadful, just awful. He came off his whiny, and I think it was Evan who said, no, 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 I like, uh, I, I like Devin Booker's game, but obviously there needs to be something there in Phoenix, and sure enough, I mean, Chris Paul has matured the hell out of that team. Devin Booker is now an elite scorer who, I mean, that, that's a great player right there. Why I like Booker a lot. Why can't I get behind Luka? I don't understand it, and I, and I was all in on the Luka hype before he got to the league, reading Mina Kimes' story about him before he was drafted. I just I can't find the buzz in his game that everybody else is finding. I think he shoots too much. I, don't, I just... He, do you reminds think it's me of, he, do he reminds me a lot of Harden with the Rockets. I mean, do you think it's the technical fouls? It's the fact that he's whiny on the floor. He's very similar to LeBron and always asking for the call. That's the one thing I can think of because other than that, I don't know what's unlikable about Luka. I'm trying to figure it out because there is. I, I think he should be everything that I like about players because usually I like the whiny guys. Look at the history of players I've talked about on this show or just in, in life. Like Those are the guys that everyone hates. They're annoying. I usually like them. I can't get into Luka for some reason. With LeBron and the Lakers out, the Heat out, the Celtics out, the Clippers about to be out, the Knicks ousted in the first round, are you more likely, less likely to watch the NBA playoffs, or are you out at this point? Also, with no LeBron, who's now the face of the NBA playoffs, is it Luka? Is it Devin Booker? Or is it one of the big three in Brooklyn? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. When we return, the NBA playoffs look like look unlike anything we've seen over the last 15 years. Does that mean that this season is actually the fluke and not the bubble? He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Welcome on in to High School Hysteria here on ESPN 106.3. Your home for all things high school sports. And as we know across the country, Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast is your home for the biggest high school sports stars. I have a special guest for you, Chris Coquel, here on High School Hysteria at Real Coach K on Twitter at ESPN West Palm for the station, of course at ESPN Top sixty three for all the breaking news from our WPTV 
station. They're breaking news and videos every single day at ESPN Top 63. I stole someone today from Josh Cohen and the home team. From I called up my buddy Dana White. I said, listen, I need this guy. And that is Dean Thomas, at Dean Thomas on Twitter. Dean, appreciate you joining us here on High School Hysteria. Man, I don't know if I've ever been on this show, and I'm I'm so happy to be on this show that really represents high school sports in the area, in which I went to. I went to Port St. Lucie High School, so, like, yeah, I'm happy to be here. I don't think we do that enough of that with you. You know, we yeah. talk about all the locals who are off doing big things. You recently... What exactly was the title you signed for with UFC? So um, I signed on as an analyst, a desk analyst, and I'm doing their weigh-in shows. So um, That's a big yeah, time, it is a, a big time a big, gig. Yeah. I know you like to downplay yeah. everything you're doing. That's a big time job. Well, especially the job that I have because there's only one of us that does it, and that's just me, the, the coach's commentary. So I sit at cage side with the UFC next to Joe Rogan and the team, and and give them some nuggets that they didn't see. That what you see as a coach, and I appreciate you're better at this job than me too, because we are in the coach's corner brought to you by Kaiser University. You know something about Kaiser University. Yes, I do. They have a beautiful residential campus right here in the heart of West Palm Beach on Military Trail. They have an amazing athletic program that has 25 programs that brought home six national titles, 33 regular season championships, and 27 conference titles. From the, from the academic side, you can get Get your associates, bachelor's, and master's degree from a variety of different subjects, whether that be criminal justice, film, sports management, technology management, or a ton of other fields. So check out Kaiser University and get more information at kaiseruniversity.edu slash residential. There's no better place to be. And we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of the of the topic here why i stole you and had you come in then kaiser university calling those playoff football games from their stadium with right next door you got a driving range you got a baseball field you know the flag football team is dominating they dominate all over the place we have this golden little nugget of kaiser university right in our backyard yeah and i was with the cheer squad they're like their cheer squad is like three-time national champions so like i mean they're just just all around like a hidden gem in the area and so many of their kids come from palm beach county and the treasure coast like you did, you said you, you went to Port St. Lucie High School. What year did you graduate Port St. Lucie? Oh man, I don't want to uh, age myself, uh, but I'm not too 2015. Yeah, <laughs> last year, no, 1994. But to make up for that, my son actually goes to Treasure Coast right now, and he's graduating in two years. So wow, so yeah. you're all over the. Uh, listen, yeah, man, listen, I'm a representative of the Treasure Coast. Now, is there any fights inside the house? Is there any rivalry between the Jaguars and the Titans? Well, yeah. You know, me and my son, we fight every day over who's better. I'd be like, Jaguars, boy, slap, slap, slap. That's what you got to do. You got you to gotta represent. Yeah. Forget family. You yeah, got to represent yeah. well, for your school. What's more important is is the high school that we went to. That's the most important Did thing. Did you play any sports or activity, do any activities at Port St. Lucie? You know what? I did not. And I totally regret that, which is why I think I did what I did after I got out of high school. Because I tried out for the football team four years in a row. And every year I quit. So you go, yeah, oh, you quit. I huh? quit. I quit football every year, and I regretted that. So then, when I started fighting, I said, "You know what? I'm not going to quit fighting like I did football." And that's where I'm at now. Dean Thomas here on High School Hysteria. Of course, I have to throw your name out there right after you tell a quitting story. Yeah, <laughs> about quitting high school football at Port St. Lucie High School. What was it about football that made you quit? Well, you know, it was like the whole team environment. Like I didn't feel like I fit in with the team. You know, like. I, so, like, as a fighter, I'm you know, it's a one-on-one sport, so, like, I feel a little bit better. I probably should have wrestled. 
Mm-hmm. And Port St. Lucie had a, an amazing wrestling team at the time. So I should have wrestled, but I didn't. But um, but just being on that team, like I just wasn't a team player at the time. And I was like ashamed if I did something wrong and I was intimidated. So it really kind of got to me. See, I see my own son going through some of that where he has trouble with team stuff. It's not because he doesn't want other people to shine. It's more of he gets so mad at himself when he does something to let people down. Where I think individual sports may be a better route for him to go just because he feels more comfortable that way. But I don't know besides wrestling what individual sports will really stand out because they don't have MMA. And how did you find MMA? Because it wasn't there in high school. We'll get into that in a minute. No, so like right after I got out of high school, my sister, this is when like the UFC first came out. It was like 1993, but I graduated in 94. So like around that time, I saw a video of the UFC and it was like right then and there at that moment, I said, I have to learn how to do this. Because I was a small guy too. So not only like was I just, I was intimidated by football players, but I was also intimidated by other men just that were bigger than me. I was like a hundred pounds in high school. So I said, I have to learn how to defend myself. And then that's how it started. That's awesome. So it was really just out of fear. Yeah, it was, yeah, career, for sure. Like, you know what? Like everything, everything, like fear is the greatest motivator you can ever have. Like being afraid, like of, of something, is a great, is a pretty strong motivator. So, so yeah. So what was the first step to get into it though? Because yeah, like there's this leap that I keep hearing about you going to high school, and then I was like, all right, well, I got into fighting, and then I became a one of the bigger fighters in the world, and then all of a sudden I became an analyst in the world. How did we get there? Where's the path? Yeah, like <laughs> I just showed up. No, uh, no. <laughs> so had yeah, else. Yeah, there was no one else. <laughs> no, so like at the time there were nothing. There was no place to train and learn how to do this. But there were seminars like the Gracie family and like other fighters would travel and do seminars. And I would look and find out where those seminars were if they were in Florida or anywhere on the East Coast. And I would drive to them and I would learn some stuff. Then I would come back and me and my buddy Paul Rodriguez, who also went to Port St. Lucie High School, he played football there actually all four years. But um, we would train together in my yard. Just okay. me and him. Yeah, just me and him. And now he's still, he actually runs a, a gym in Orlando and coaches a lot of UFC guys now still. But um, it was just me and him, and we trained together. And then we started fighting together, you know, throughout Florida and these little in bars. Now, would you fight in bars? Because I've yeah. talked to people like, there's a coach Fitzhugh from Jensen Beach who also did that. He, mm-hmm. I asked him about his fighting career, and he's like, well, was, a lot of times it's just me fighting in bars. For yeah, and I know him. I know him, actually. But, yeah, so, and I, so yeah, that's what it was. It was like they would set up cages or rings inside bars, and we'd go in there and fight. And that's how it started. And just one thing led to another. The UFC got bigger and bigger and bigger. I got on some reality shows, and next thing I know, I'm... What reality shows? Come on. Talk I, was, about. I was on... <laughs> you were on Real uh, yeah. World 5? No, I was, oh. I was on the Ultimate Fighter Season 4, the comeback season, as a competitor. And then I did the Ultimate Fighter Season 21 as a coach. So, like, yeah, it was... um, Like, all these little things were just very helpful for me to doing what I'm doing now. So, how does one get into it now? Or do you think this is something that athletic directors and administration i'm sure right off the bat they're gonna hear a segment oh they're talking about bringing mma to high school fear insurance liabilities <laughs> are all gonna run through their heads is mma something that should be available to high school kids if not mma i do think brazilian jiu-jitsu should be now uh the guy who i got my black belt like yeah. me, the difference yeah so brazilian jiu-jitsu is a grappling art it's very much like wrestling is that but what submissions the were doing? Yeah, right exactly because i grew up i'm yeah I so it's 97 yeah so we're saying you're graduate same year as my brother which you know when you have a brother that age you kind of feel like you're all lumped together yeah yeah I hung with his friends so i understand that time frame of when they were the biggest thing in the world yeah 
So the guy who I got my black belt from runs an accredited program at UCF, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu program. It might be the only one in the country. But that's a start to where it's starting to be accepted. And Brazilian jiu-jitsu is a grappling art, very similar to judo or wrestling, but submissions are involved. And And actually, I think there's a law now where all cops in Michigan or something have to be at least a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu because it's so good for your temperament and all these other different things. So when we talk about like martial arts, and I say, yeah, I got into it from fear, but it's really good for students in terms of learning patience, temperament, structure, and things like that. So I recommend it to schools. What about like anger issues? Anger, yeah, anger some management. Of the best athletes in the world that and I say the world because we see the athletes out of South Florida are the best athletes in the world. They come out, they never make it in high school sports because of their tempers. They get in trouble in school. Yeah, and that's a big thing too because. In martial arts, the first thing you learn, especially in jiu-jitsu, is it's kind of like discipline. Like there's a hierarchy, you know, a belt ranking system, and you respect the higher belts, and you learn that. And you learn how to respect older people or people that are above you. So, of, of course, like it really does help with anger issues, um, just all everything positive that can come out of doing something is it, you can get from doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So now... This gets presented to schools. Their first thing is, is it too violent? Would it be that much more violent than a wrestling? Or, hey, guys, I hate to tell you, football is a pretty dangerous sport. It may be the most dangerous of all the sports. And we're rolling those kids out there not only in the fall. And I love football. Anyone who knows me, I'm football meatball all the way. But we're also having to play again in the spring. Is there a way to make it safe for kids to do this kind of combat no, fighting? It's a, it's a lot safer than football. It's... In my opinion, it's a lot safer than wrestling because it does start on the ground. Like wrestling, you know, kids are getting thrown down and they're getting pile drived and landing Land on their on head. The neck wrong, yeah, right? exactly. And in jujitsu, you don't do that. You start on the ground. Now, su- submissions are involved, but with those submissions, you do have the ability to, to quit. Now, I have one of my fighters, Jillian Robertson, who graduated from Westwood, fights in the UFC. Now, is tied for the most submissions in all in women's MMA. So. She like it was it's it's for me when I saw her compete when I see her competing against grown men twice her size. I mean, do you know what that does for women empowerment? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like what that does for women's empowerment is incredible. And I don't know where you where else you can get that. And just in women's empowerment and just confidence for the person who maybe thinks I have this desire to compete at that level and i'm not sure where to put it but here's a place where i can train with others be with others but also be by myself and compete by myself because like you said you left football because you didn't really feel like the team vibe was there but yet you've been in a sport that you can call it individual but every time i followed your career there's a team attached yeah yeah there was a team attached so then i learned how to embrace that team so like once i got more confidence in myself because that's where it came from i didn't have a lot of confidence in myself once I got that confidence in myself, then I learned how to embrace a team and be a part of a team and then let a team be a part of myself. So then that's what really what it was, was that it taught me the confidence to then be able to share what I do. UFC legend. I'm going legend. On oh, this my one. goodness. Dean Thomas joining us here in high school hysteria. More importantly, Port St. Lucie grad. That's the biggest notch on the belt that he went to Port St. Lucie High School, training t- one of the top fighters in the world who went to Fort Pierce Westwood. <laughs> We're going to book for next week. Dean doesn't know this yet, but he'll be getting texts from me after the show. <laughs> Julian, uh, when you see at Real Coach K, follow you on Twitter. It's for you working for free for me and doing a show with me coming up. Um, 
I don't know how you feel about this fight going on this weekend. On my birthday, by the way. Happy birthday to me from all the listeners. Oh, happy birthday. I didn't know it was your birthday. June, June 6th. Sunday is my birthday. Really? Hey, you know, we have parties around this office the day before everyone's birthday. This place is this tumbleweeds flying by. I know. No one even knew it was your birthday. I'm, all right. You know, I got you on Monday. All right. Thank you. It's also JMP's birthday, the great Jeremy Marks. Well, we're not Pelts. worried about him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're just talking about Coach K. Um, I got lost in my birthday. Oh, yeah. The fight. The fight yeah, going the fight on this weekend. weekend. Uh, Floyd Mayweather and one of the which Paul is he fighting? I don't know. Logan Paul. I just found out that there wasn't one; that there was actually two of them. <laughs> I thought they were the same person, right? In the fighting world, in the respectable fighting world, how do people look at that fight? Like, is it something where you're like, "Why are we doing this? What's going on?" All these fights that have been coming up, and now you see guys challenging former UFC guys. Left and right, too, along with boxers. How do you guys feel about it? The real fighters, where you know there's no gimmick, where you know, hey, we're not just going to do this. We're actually going to fight in your world. Well, the real fighters just want these kids to fight other real fighters. That's all we want. So the fact that Logan Paul is fighting Floyd, now we just hope that it's real and that Floyd does not take it easy on him. Are you That's all we about care about. Because they put out the stipulation that no matter what happens, it doesn't count on anyone's record. So. Yeah, but Floyd, like, exactly. So what we can see is just Floyd embarrassing him. And, like, that's all that counts. That's what you want. That's that what we want. We, that's all we want is we want Floyd to just stop him. You know, just sit him down, hit him in the body, have him sit down, and then we'll be happy. We'll be happy with that. And who was the fighter who fought one of the Pauls that was a UFC guy recently? Uh, ben Askren, who's a good friend of mine. He used to actually come down to uh, Jensen Beach and coach at, uh, ben, uh, Jensen Beach with uh, Ben Tomes when Ben Tomes was coaching wrestling there. So Ben Askren, he's a you know Olympian and two-time All-American, four-time finalist but uh, was a good friend of mine i took that as he just took the payday and said whatever that's happens. what he exactly care. i mean if you've seen his body like he's he didn't work out at all and I don't blame he came him. he came off he came off hip surgery <laughs> <laughs> so like he and 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 he can't box like that's the thing is like he's he's no he's not known for not not only he's is not he not striker, known for right? striking he was one of the worst strikers <laughs> In MMA, but he, I mean, he got a good paycheck. Yeah, and he just named notoriety for yeah. future yeah. things that he does. I mean, does. He just I mean, he made probably a half a million dollars to hey, just go out there. Dean, I'm going to tell you a little secret. Someone offers me a half million dollars to fight you. You can embarrass me up and down <laughs> US one all you just, want. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I don't. But you know, for me, like as a fighter, I don't. I don't know if I would have did that for you know against because, against that kid. You know, I guess it's different. Me, yeah. who as a yeah. former math teacher turned radio yeah. dope, <laughs> I'll take the half yeah. million. Yeah, I don't like if, if they were like, all right, you get to fight, you know, Mike Tyson for a half a million. I'm like, all right, I'm in. But like, there's no shame in. Losing. Yeah, there's no shame in that. But you like, I don't Mike. know. I couldn't. I couldn't lose to Logan Paul would you, or or would, Jake Paul. Would you lose? I don't know. I mean, they they actually could fight a little bit. They can tell no, they, 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 they actually do put in the work. Yeah, right? I, yeah, they, they they put in the work. But well, Jake Paul's fighting one of my fighters coming up. So Tyron Woodley, yeah. I, didn't, I don't know if he's going to get into that, but like you know, mine as well. Now I already brought it up. Yeah, huh? Now that you, I yeah. was waiting for you. I didn't know if yeah. I was supposed no, to. No, yeah, up. yeah. So you know, Jake Paul is fighting one of the guys that I've been training with for like the last fifteen years, and that's uh, Tyron Woodley. He's the former welterweight champion of UFC. Just uh, got out of the UFC, and he's fighting Jake Paul somehow. So is he going to let up, or you think he's coming to win? No, he's coming to win. No, there is no, there is no way. Tyron Woodley allows that kid to beat him. <laughs> we will see. Yeah, there's. I mean, if he beats Tyron, then he he he's going to have to just beat him. But there's no At way. At that point, he's got to get into like 
and I hate to call these fights not real fights, but they just feel so gimmicky that he's got to get into like real, real fighting at that point, right? Well, yeah. I mean, he's got. I mean, he's. I mean, but Tyron Woodley. He although he did wrestle at the University of Missouri, he can box. He's been boxing for the last thirteen years, so he can box. So I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, he's a little undersized, but you know, he's going to hit this kid if really hard. If the Pauls win somehow these next two fights, I'm calling for it. Dean Thomas is going to be the superhero we need to stop them. That's no, what it's be. if the Paul brothers win the next two fights, <laughs> I'm going to go train with them. I'm, I want to do what they're doing. <laughs> However, they yeah, what, what, bring all yeah, your fighters to yeah, the Paul house. Yeah, whatever they're doing, I'm hanging out with them. If they win these next two fights. Well, Dean, I appreciate you hanging out with us here on High School Hysteria. We got a more show with you. We're going from a big star like Dean Thomas to Brian McLovin Rose. Yay, be joining Brian. us next segment from WPTV. Big news coming out of our Top 63 event, which, of course, is you know one of our mainstays of high school sports. Brian's going to give you guys some a little bit of insight. He's going to dabble some little crumbs of what's coming up at the big Top 63 event. Of course, follow Dean on Twitter, at Dean Thomas. Dean, Lover and a Fighter podcast. Everybody's got to subscribe to that. Yeah, subscribe to the Lover and a Fighter podcast. That's me and Josh Cohen. It's like 15 minutes. We just talk about fighting. So, it's a, yeah, it's dynamite. So, make sure y'all check that out. And, of course, Josh Cohen and the home team. Make sure you are following that podcast as well. And, of course, Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel, High School Hysteria podcast, the Evan Cohen Show podcast. The great thing about your content at ESPN West Palm, you can have it whenever, wherever you want. Just subscribe to all the podcasts. More show next right here on ESPN. SPM 106.3. The road to Tokyo continues tonight at Ballpark of the Palm Beaches, where Team USA takes on Team Canada in a border battle. And we welcome you to West Palm Beach on this Friday night, an overcast Friday night. The lights are on at Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. I'm Ken Levick alongside Chris Coquel. You hear us every weekday, noon to one here on ESPN 106.3. But tonight, it's a baseball setting. It is the WBSC Baseball America's Qualifier Super Round Game Number Two between the United States and Canada. Canada has to win this one to have an opportunity to win this qualifier. The one-two pitch is lined up the middle off the glove of Allen and it bounds into center field. And there is the first hit of the night and it comes off the bat of Canada's Eric Wood. So one aboard with two outs in the top of the first and Canada will send its cleanup hitter Connor Panis to the plate. The last time these two teams met on the international level, the USA and Canada, the U.S. won in the 2015 or one in the World Baseball Classic, I should say, 2017. It was the 2015 Pan American Games, the last time Canada beat the United States. That was in the gold medal game. Canada 7-6 win over the U.S. in 10 innings. Here's a swing and a drive into the gap in right field. Durant tagged this one. This is going to roll to the warning track. It's scooped up by the ranging center fielder, Michael Krause. And in the second with a double is Jaron Durant. And the Americans are in business. In the bottom of the first, a runner on second, one out. 1-1. That's hit to second. Ranging to his left. Diving is Darville. Scoops it with a backhand. Throws to first. And Canada escapes the jam. Cassis grounds out to second and nifty play by the fleet-footed Darville. And Canada escapes and will head to the second with no score. It's the United States, zero. Canada, zero. And the Canadians to the plate, top of the second. Homer Bailey, a familiar name. 
Again, the 35-year-old spent 11 seasons with the Cincinnati Reds. And the 1-1 pitch is driven deep in the left. Leaping, ranging to his right and making the grab on the warning track is Luke Williams. A stellar play. Ranging to his right was Williams and takes away extra bases from Krause one away. Bailey working quickly. Here's the 1-0. This is lined in the left, and this is down for a hit. The second Canada hit comes in the top of the second, and with two away, J.D. Osborne makes a wide turn at first, now retreats back, and he keeps the inning alive for Canadian right fielder Jesse Hodges. Back-to-back innings now for Canada with a two-out hit. No score. Top of the second, the USA and Canada. Supergroup action, Olympic qualifiers. Play wraps up tomorrow. Bailey's 1-2. It's in the dirt. That's a ball. Throw down to second. Running was Osborne, and he's out. He slid off the bag. He slid off the bag. It was a poor throw from Colesbury. Alvarez collected it, and Osborne slid off the bag, and he's called out, caught stealing. So that'll do it for Canada in the top of the second. Kellogg's 2-1 pitch. This is ripped between short and third in the left field. A base hit for Mark Colesbury. He has had a really productive qualifier at the plate. That is his fourth hit in eight at-bats, now batting an even 500. In addition to two home runs that he's hit, and he has a leadoff single for the USA here in the bottom of the second. Here's the 0-1, runner going, hot shot to short, taken on a short hop, stepping on second as Allen throws to first, double play. Oh, sensational glove work from the USA shortstop, Nick Allen. That was a shot off of the bat of Milo, and Allen on the short hop makes the play and turns it into an easy double play, but the degree of difficulty fielding the liner That's where the greatness was at, and there's two away for Canada here in the third. Kellogg, the Canadian pitcher, looks to second, and Philia pokes this in a left-to-base hit. It's fielded by Robson. He double-clutches. He's not throwing, and the United States takes the lead. A two-out RBI single, Eric Philia, and the U.S. leads it 1-0 in the third. That was a beautiful piece of hitting by Philia. Because the shortstop was holding the runner on, and the third baseman was still playing down the line. He didn't even try to pull it. He wasn't trying to hit it hard. He said, let me just slap at it and hit it the other way. Beautiful oppo hit for Philia. And Robson did not come up cleanly with that ball. And he had all the momentum coming to the plate. All he had to do was field and throw, but he double clutched, and that was that as the fleet-footed Duran was able to score. And the U.S. a 1-0 lead. Had a couple of big names throw out first pitches tonight here in advance of this Supergroup game before the USA and Canada got going. Bucky Dent, local resident, had the baseball school for an awful long time in Palm Beach County. Andre Dawson throwing out a first pitch as well. Robeson lifts the 3-2 into center field. This is deep. This is carrying. This is gone. And Canada has drawn even. It hung up there. And Jacob Robeson... Leads off the fourth inning for Canada with an opposite field home run to left center. Canada won, and the United States won. And LaRue's 0-1 pitch hit high in the air. 
deep to left field. Ropes and tracking back, it's gone, and the United States takes the lead. Luke Williams goes deep. And the U.S. on top, two to one. A towering shot off the bat of Luke Williams. Parrish takes a glance at Darville and delivers to Robeson. This is hit hard, and it is past the outstretched arm of Nick Allen at short in the left field. Base hit, back-to-back -back singles for Canada with one out in the sixth inning, and Eric Wood, the third baseman, comes to the plate. And the 0-1 pitch from LaRue. This is lined down the right field line. Fair ball, and this is going to roll into the corner. Colesbury around second. They wave him in at third. Colesbury's going to score. And into third with a stand-up triple is Eddie Alvarez. And the United States takes a 3-1 lead in the sixth. Runner on first, LaRue. As this swung on and belted, this is way back, and this is gone over the right field fence. No, it fell through. It looked like it had cleared the fence. It hit the wall. No, it is a home run. It bats back into play. It is a two-run home run off the bat of Tristan Cassis, and the United States has opened it up. It's the Americans five, Canada one. Sherfy with a runner on second. J.D. Osborne at the plate. And Canada down to its final strike in a 10-1 game. Looks and deals. And a swing and a miss in the dirt. Osborne strikes out. Colesbury applies the tag, and this game is over. The U.S. uses a seven-run eighth, including a two-run home run from Todd Frazier. And the U.S. wins their super group debut 10-1 over Canada and has a chance to earn their way to the Tokyo Summer Olympics tomorrow when they play Venezuela.